Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hey everyone, tonight we're going to be debating Glow versus Flat Earth. And to start us off, we have Troubling Tribune. Actually, sorry, I apologize. Alan is going to kick us off, so Alan, the floor is all yours. All right, thanks, James. All right, so I'll kick us off here. I'm going to share a screen. Let me know when you're good. Yeah, we can see your screen now. All right. Okay. So to kick us off, we're gonna I'm gonna talk about uh, GPS and the history of laser interferometry and how they're tied together and how they prove that the Earth is a stationary, non-rotating plane. So to begin with GPS, to summarize the arguments at hand, there is a variance of the constancy of or of the alleged constancy of C. There's a preferred reference frame to make these measurements in, and there is a um, so through the transformations of this uh, variant seed when it's measured to another uh, reference frame, this uh, it produces an invariant or a non-invariant transformation, which breaks Lorentz covariance, which the entire framework of special and uh, relativity is built upon. And in addition to that, the principle of relative simultaneity is violated by how GPS functions. You know, just for bonus, uh, just for bonus work. So to get into a little bit of that, GPS is a time interval system that uses the range measurement equation to uh, to accurately deduce the the distance. Um, so what it what it does basically is it uh, it takes a snapshot of when the time the, the time that the signal was sent and when the time the signal was received. The difference in that value is multiplied by c, and that's how they're deriving the distance. So traditionally, in a coordinate system, when you have um, when you're trying to derive distance, so you would take like this location, E5, and you would take uh, C2, and you would say the distance between this is one, two, three, four tiles of measurement. Now, the way GPS functions is it says, it's, it says I sent the signal propagation when I was at C2, and the time it took for that signal to propagate to uh, F5 is, uh, you know, is, is this is X amount. And then when you transform that amount to another coordinate system, it should be invariant because GPS is synced to GPS time which is done through uh, atomic clocks, which also account for the same uh, effect, which is called the Sagnac effect. So all these uh, varying speeds and all this is gonna be tied to the Sagnac effect, which is, which is the only thing that they really um, account for. So let's see, so the burn through GPS and atomic clock synchronization. Um, all right, so we'll get into the history of interferometry now um, once we, Anyway, let's see here. So the history of laser interferometry began uh, in 1887 when Michelson Morley tried to measure the orbital velocity of Earth. They were, they were never able to get the result that they needed. So they came up with a system to interpret the, the results. One fringe shift was, was equal to five kilometers a second. The measurement they got was just over one fringe. So they measured allegedly five kilometers to seven kilometers a second. and to be consistent with the Copernican principle and the heliocentric model, the orbital velocity measured would have needed to be um, 30 kilometers a second. Now, of course, they, uh, they say that this experiment was a null result and that proved that the speed of light is, is C in all reference frames, and this was the jumping off point, really, for special relativity. But as shown in GPS, there is a varying speed that needs to be accounted for, and that's explicitly done with the range measurement equation in the ECI reference frame, which is a stationary, non-rotating frame which allows for the measurement of absolute motion um, 
rather than relative motion. So when they transfer that distance or when they transfer anything derived from the ECI reference frame, I'm sorry, when they transfer the distance derived from the ECI reference frame to the ECEF reference frame, which is the you know rotating Earth reference frame that they say we live on, the distance transformation breaks and there, it's not uh, covariant. So there's a huge problem with that. And if that's and if that breaks, that you know that means that the speed of light fluctuates, and the uh, the explanation given by special relativity to answer the null result, so-called of Michelson-Morley, is invalidated. So this measurement is actually the same measurement that was done uh, in 1925, the Michelson-Gale-Pierce experiment, which is basically the same thing that they just added an extra mirror to reflect off of, and they made a square interferometer. They produced the same measurement. And then 1913, there was the Sagnac effect, which was a rotating interferometer, which produced the same effect, or which produced a fringe shift pattern. Although this was attributed to the rotation of the device. And they say that uh, because this is a rotating device, special relativity doesn't apply and it doesn't falsify it or whatever. Right. And then in 2004, uh, Ru Yong Wang came along and linearized the Sagnac effect and showed that it's not due to angular rotation, it's actually directionally dependent and that the propagation of electromagnetic waves is faster going east to west than it is going in the opposite direction. There's a, uh, there's a delay going with and against the sidereal rotation of the sky. And this was, this was further measured by Dayton Miller. So Dayton Miller did 5,200,000 interferometry experiments that were directly analogous to the Michelson-Morley experiments. And what he measured was a fringe shift pattern that, um, that fluctuated um, reaching its minimum and maximum dimensions corresponding to the equinoxes. So what he showed was that there's a translation of motion of the sky that coming down to the earth and that speed that fluctuates as the sun in the northern hemisphere moves to the southern hemisphere. It, it goes low, you know, it's lower and faster. And then when it comes back, it's, uh, it's higher and slower. So that speed fluctuation was directly measured by, uh, by Dayton Miller. 5,200,000 times he did the most extensive complete work on laser interferometry experiments. And uh, I think that's pretty much everything I wanted to open with. So I can yield the rest of my time and kick it over to Tribune. All right. If you want to end the screen share there. Yep. Don't mind. And then we're going to kick it over to the other side. So let's get back over here. I uh, just want to say thanks to everybody for being here tonight. And just a reminder, the Modern Day Debate is a neutral platform where we're hosting debates on science, religion, politics, and Flat Earth, of course. So uh, over to you, Troubling Tribune, for your up to six-minute intro. Thanks for being here. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Once again, uh, what an awesome intro that we had. Mine's not going to be quite as high level, so... You guys don't have to be worrying about keeping up with a, a whole bunch of scientific stuff, scientific literature, although that stuff is fun to get into. Uh, we are talking about the true earth debate, something that I'm very fond of, the shape and uh, nature of the place of which we live. How is it that we know definitively? One side claims to know uh, or claims to have all the answers with the specific shape as a matter of simple geometry. I'm hoping that this presentation will be able to show that that's not quite the case. So we do have multiple evidences uh, or positive evidences for proof for the plane. We have mirror flashes that go up to 183 miles, radio waves that go oh, 2,700 miles when they're over the limit that would go through the ionosphere, sonar that's going 400 miles, long distance photography confirmed at 275 miles um, and more. The Rock Lake, uh, to get specific with it, we have a Rock Lake observation eight miles at one foot uh, target height and one and a half foot observer height with no curvature detected. 
We also have a infrared photography here, Texas to San Lucas, 760 miles from J. Tolan Media. Again, no curvature detected. So uh, to double down on the electromagnetic waves, here's an article that you can find from the Library of Congress in regards to Marconi's uh, first telegraph across the Atlantic Ocean over 2,200 miles. They're referencing the flat Earth here. Um, here we have a model of how the stars could work over a um, with a flat plane of stars over the flat Earth, invoking a hyperbolic uh, grid of vision, um, which has actually been confirmed. There are papers out, uh, direct measurements of the curvature of visual space um, that can demonstrate this very clearly. So um, then we also have it modeled in Muppet vision so that the Globers can understand a little bit more, not to be insulting, but this is what they always try to show us in perspective wise. Uh, so this is how it all lines up. And then you have uh, six-inch objects being taller than 6,000-foot objects in the distance. No, it's not curvature. It is perspective. We also have several references to the flat Earth over in Army and NASA documents here. Feel free to pause the screen um, and get your references. And then we're also going to have uh, the horizon being one of the biggest proofs of the globe, right, how things disappear um, when you actually have a flat enough surface to see far enough, um, and especially when it's a little bit reflective, you can see things like this here. You have the biker literally merging into his own reflection here. No, he's not dipping behind any sort of curvature. We see the same effect here with sunsets. When you get, again, flat enough, mostly over water here, you can see literally a sun uh, having a perfect reflection of itself. All of a sudden, uh, when it gets low enough, uh, gets far enough, you can actually see it merge into its own reflection and fade off into the nothing, right? So where is this uh, consistent sunset that is proof of a globe with a consistent radius of 3,959 miles? It simply does not exist. So on top of that, um, you can actually see where they draw the horizon here. With all that being said, what exclusive evidence of the globe can we rely on. I can see that this uh, download didn't have the other argument here. So let me pull that up uh, real quick. Let me stop the share. Yeah, because there's one more thing that I did want to bring up. And it's uh, what I was just trying to fix before we came on. So no yeah. big deal. Just let me know when you're ready. And I'll start the clock again. Yep, no worries. In the meantime, everybody who's hanging out, hit the like button. Uh, we're just getting uh, a screen share ready for uh, the rest of Trubu uh, Troubling Tribune's opening here. Uh, ready to go. So, yeah, this is a good chance. Uh, to share it out, hit the like button, and we're ready to go. All right, let's get uh Oh, I thought you said back you were ready. <laughs> yep, I'm ready. Here we go. All right, let's roll it. All right, here we go. So then this is going to be a uh, demonstrable debunk of the curvature claim. Um, now, it is uh, said from uh, one of our favorite surveyors over on the True Earth Debate uh, panel over on my channel that we have, Ruhif, that in order to get uh, more accurate readings, you need to get higher up. So here we have um, in a plane, it is a time lapse going from, um, man, I can't remember the names off the top of my head now that I got a little scrambled. But here you have the flight path that uh, you can track. Uh, this comes from a Taboo Conspiracy as well as you can see it on uh, Flat Earth Dave's uh, channel as well. It is 3,000 miles of travel time-lapsed, and 3,000 miles when looking at the stars should equate to about 43 degrees of upward change, um, upward displacement due to the plane traveling over the curvature of the Earth. 
here they have uh, two stars that they use as reference. And you'll see that throughout this entire time lapse, which is about six hours, um, that we don't see any of this upward uh, upward lift from these stars as a result of going over the uh, curved geometry of the presupposed globe Earth. This would lead us to the uh, conclusion that the Earth actually is not curving, that the plane is not dipping over any sort of um, predetermined geometry. To hammer this point home, um, this can actually be modeled out. You'll go on uh, Google Earth and you can do this exact flight and see what the stars should do. And you'll see that they're clearly rising up and dramatically too. It's very obvious to anybody who's paying attention that if we were living on a ball, this is what we should observe. And yet it is not. So um, I'm interested, uh, open-minded to see if there are any evidences that the globe earth can provide that can be demonstrable and exclusive and uh, above all scientific. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for your opening statements on our flat earth side. We're going to kick it over to the globe side. Who would like to go first? I'm going first. Thank you so much oh, for. Excellent. The floor is all yours, Jen. Nice Sorry. to be here. Awesome. I'm really excited to address some of the very interesting arguments that the opponents have made, including the Sagnac effect and the time lapse. So that I will just go into my opening, which will require me to share my screen real quick. Yep, go for it. There we go. All right, up and running. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And here we go is the time lapse that I believe my opponent, Troubling Tribune, was just referring to. So looking forward to getting to that later. Hi, nice to see everybody. Great to be here on Modern Day Debate. Look forward to the debate about the shape of the planet we all live together here on. I'm Jen. Those of you who aren't familiar with me, I love to debate whatever. I love to talk about non-dualism, panpsychism, as well as anything to do with quantum mind and mentalist first metaphysics. So with that, I will get on with trying to persuade you to my point of view, which is that the planet is approximately a globe. More accurately, an oblong spheroid due to little bit of compression from the planet rotating around its stationary axis which is of course what generates that image that i opened on so this debate has always been pretty uh confusing for me because to my mind the the earth must be a sphere because to me everything is kind of not necessarily a sphere but has a bubbly nature that that shape naturally expanding three-dimensional bubble is what would happen if nothing were there to oppose it. And since in space there's nothing there, pretty much, um, why wouldn't it be the unimpeded shape? So I'll try to explore that a little more in my presentation here. How much time do I have left, uh, just real quick? Uh, yeah, you still have four and a half minutes. Four and a half minutes, thank you so much. So how can we check our intuitions about the shape of the planet. Both sides uh, seem pretty firmly entrenched in their views. And you can ask people on, on either side to try to like build it up for first principles. You're probably eventually going to get stuck somewhere because it's just, well, well, it's obvious translation. Like I never really thought about it enough to actually give you justification. 
But it all really comes down to the question of how can we reliably differentiate appearances from reality because nobody actually claims to have seen the entire shape of the planet simultaneously. It's arguably not possible to see around something that much bigger than us, no matter what its actual shape is. So what's the answer? How do we differentiate imagination from reality? Ha ha. You know, we, we don't. Uh, instead, we can agree on what might call a metaphysical basis. So make reasonable inferences about what shape we expect the Earth to be. And then if we get something wrong out of that, well, we can alter it. How do we do that? Well, we have this uh, huge amount of work that's been done before us in modern science, and we can tease out the best parts. In my opinion, that would be the least action principle. And that would be my axiom for reasoning. And given its wide range of applications, uh, from quantum physics to just general mechanics, I make inferences using this axiom. You can look this up. This isn't just my own uh, invention. You can uh, see that the, according to the least action pr principle or stationary action principle, that action is minimized. Okay, great. Well, what does that mean? We're going to look at the two axioms that I use to deduce the shape of the planet. Number one, action is minimized. And number two, matter can be modeled geometrically. Oh, well, that's obvious. Well, actually, it does sometimes behoove us to mention the obvious axioms. Because really, what is action? If it's minimized, I mean, show me the action. Show me the action. Uh, since the action is minimized and path formation is an action, the action corresponding to path formation is also minimized. Next, what I'm going to do is estimate the path formation energy and the path itself using mathematical models. So it's just really a matter of finding the shape for which the action of the formation path would be minimized. And how do we do that? All right, well, we have to start at the very beginning. So that means whittling it down to the metaphysical primitive, the absolute uh, simplest concept we can conceptualize of. In this case, we're looking at a path. Simplest self-connected path in particular. And I'm going to say that that's a circle. And obviously, if anyone disagrees with me on anything that I send this proof, feel free to bring it up during the debate. Looking forward to hearing about it. So I'm, we're just going off the circle. That's the simplest self-connected path, then we're going to look at all the set of its variations. So what does that mean? Well, we are looking at how is it possible for a circle to move. So we take the circle, fix a point in the center, and then move it in all directions. That gives us a sphere. If, like with One the minute. planet, we fix a line, thank you, fix a line and spin that circle, we also get a sphere. So we can generate the sphere through derivative motion in two ways using a circle. Therefore, in three dimensions, the sphere is the simplest motion of the simplest self-connected path. Therefore, that is the shape we should expect the planet to be. A couple things to think about for the upcoming debate. At what scales is perception accurate? Because both sides are essentially making an epistemological claim that may not be fully founded. And is perception reliable outside of the range for which it developed? Thanks for listening. Please enjoy the debate. And I'll pass it over to my debate partner. Thank you for being here today. All right. Well, thank you so much for your intro there, Jen. Over to you, Ikel, for your up to six minute introduction. And thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you moderating today. Thanks to uh, James and Modern Day Debate as well. Uh, and thank you to our interlocutors as well. 
Um, I really uh, appreciate everything that's been said so far because that's all the science and the data. And I feel that we can do ourselves a service by standing on the shoulders of giants. That's people who have already kind of done all the footwork, all the research and all that sort of stuff for us. Uh, nothing would work for us if we tried to reinvent the wheel every time we need to use it. So I just want to ask a question to everyone. I'm going to go about this a little bit differently. So how did this happen to us? How did, how did this happen to where we're debating what the earth is, the earth that we all live on? So in my professional opinion, um, I believe that there's a certain amount of people that have been groomed to uh, feel unduly and unjustly disenfranchised. It's the same folks that call themselves things like the silent majority or sometimes the silent minority, uh, yet they're always the loudest people in the room. So this thought process has its roots in what's called cognitive dissonance, which happens when you hold two conflicting thoughts in your mind at the same time. It'd be like claiming ancient peoples have had awesome technologies that we don't have anymore, but while you're embracing far greater technologies right now, or government agencies are all powerful, yet they're so sloppy that they leave breadcrumbs everywhere around their clandestine projects. Um, the hundreds of thousands of co-conspirators involved in hiding the flat earth are also involved in an ongoing campaign to undermine those same projects by trolling flat earthers at the same time. Um, so let's take a look back into the past to kind of get a big picture on how we got here. First of all, March 3rd, 1969, the first flight of our lunar module. Um, May 18th, 1969, Apollo 10 flies around the moon. July 16th, 1969, astronauts Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins fly to the moon on Apollo 11. So in the show of ultimate pro-American patriotism by manly tried and true U.S. soldiers on July 20th, 1969, Neil Armstrong becomes the first man to walk on the moon. So let's fast forward to the present. So there are currently more than 70 because of standing on the shoulders of those giants and that that previous work. There are currently 70 space agencies existing all around the world. And of those, 16 are capable of completing space launches as of 2022. So in addition to the hundreds of planned space initiatives, some of which are currently underway right now, and they are set on courses spanning thousands of years. So they've been launched into orbit and they can be going out and gathering data for thousands of years. So NASA and ESA are working on a new mission to go to the moon called Artemis, or called the Artemis, and that's gonna land on the moon in next year, 2024. So let's take a look at the future. So those involved in aeronautics, space exploration, astrophysics, biology, chemistry, geology, meteorology, and physics will continue to revolutionize the world and beyond for the good of all humans, even science deniers, even flat earthers. Um, but in the future, flat earthers won't exist. The same group will worship whatever new science denial deity happens to be there at the time. So if we can take a look and take a page out of the psychology handbook. So the Dunning-Kruger effect is a bias 
in thinking, usually where a person is unaware of how badly they grasp a subject, not understanding that they are failing at it. This happens a lot because people say, do your own research, as opposed to looking at the research that's already been done. So this is the best evidence we have to explain why flat earthers are vehemently antithetical to established forms of science and incurious about learning new things. Even religious religion tells us that a house that is built on sand, which is your lack of critical thinking in, in the beginning, and not on rock, which is established science, is doomed even before it is complete. The house is going to fail. So, or you could put it this way to not have a strong, proper starting basis, and therefore you're likely to fail in the end. So we can see and paraphrase from scripture, it says, this gives us a highlight in, into why flat earth ideas ultimately fail in the end uh, when subjected to minimal scrutiny and why conspiratorial beliefs act as a gateway to other nonsense. Philosophy says that anyone who can be, who you can make believe absurdities can commit you can make them also commit atrocities. Voltaire said that. So this is why it, I, I feel justified getting involved in debates like these. So from surrounding, uh, then forcing off the road, your vehicle motorcade of your political opponents and staffers to attempting to physically overthrow your own government, to spreading destructive propaganda about life-saving vaccines. So these are things that we combat um, every single day because of this destructive mentality. So in finality, here's what I want to ask. So here's the main question I want to ask as far as I'm concerned for our opponents. So if you believe everything that you've said about science and, and the uh, organizations that are in place, it would kind of make you a little bit um, anti-American if those are American agencies and anti anti-soldier because soldiers were the ones that trained to, to go to space and ended up ultimately going there and landing on the moon. Did you say I had about a minute left? Where am I? At? Uh, actually, that is time right there. Okay. All right. I'll save the All rest right. for later. Excellent. So uh, after this, we do kick it into an open discussion, uh, generally after our introductory statements. So I want to thank everybody for your introductory statements. Uh, and uh, also want to let you know that James popped a poll in the live chat because you know how cool James is. I love working with James. He's a fantastic fella. Uh, so he's popped in our live chat uh, a poll. So for context, uh, right now, 449 votes are in. Uh, 35, 36 actually just now, 36 vote for flat, 49% of our audience right now is globe, and 16% is banana shaped. Well, you know what else is banana shaped? Cucumbers. All right, so um, before I make any other awful jokes, uh, I do want to remind everybody that if you see any upcoming debates on our uh, on our YouTube page, and you're like, why are these scheduled for 300 you know days in the future? This makes no sense. Who's gonna like remember that or like keep track of that? Uh, those are actually just base reminders that we are putting all of these on our podcast within 24 hours uh, and just like with our YouTube description we're going to have all of our guests tagged in the description if they're not tagged right now they will be uh, so without further ado let us kick it into our open discussion so we usually put it to the other side uh, to respond to what they've just heard and kind of launch us off so Alan and Trouble, uh, Troubling Tribune the floor is all yours yeah, awesome. Um, so I'd like to thank uh, Jen for at least making an attempt to, um, you know, make a good argument. And I do agree with the bait, like the 
beginning of the argument, right? Which is that we can't, um, at least for your side, that you can't prove it uh, either way. That's kind of um, what I want to get into, into this open discussion. And Akil, I'm a little ashamed that you would just result to calling us uh, anti-American, basically terrorists, instead of addressing any of our actual arguments. I'm a little disappointed in that. Um, but other than that, excited to uh, get things kicked off. Did you want me to respond to that? Well, Alan, if you had any thoughts uh, about what you heard from Jen or uh, Akil to kind of launch us into our open discussion here, um, floor is yours. I don't know if we can hear sorry, you right now, Alan. Addressing me? You're uh, oh, uh, you're you there you go. Oh, sorry, there you go. I can hear you now, Alan. You got me? You hear it? Yeah, you're loud and clear. Okay, yeah. Cool. So I wanted to avoid getting into the philosophical implications and uh, of like why or who or anti-American this or that and just look at the direct evidence that's put forward by the scientific community and the contradictions that lie within it. So can, so moving forward, I'm not really super interested in hearing about any you know philosophical interpretations or opinions based on what you think about uh, my allegiance to the Corporation of America. Alan, I noticed just as taken a slightly different direction, I noticed you made some arguments that uh, seem to relate more to ether theories than theories about the shape of the planet. Can you talk a little more about how ether theory connects to flat Earth, if it does at all? Yeah, so uh, in order for, you know, the orbital velocity of Earth, or in order for Earth to be, you know, moving, it has to have an orbital velocity, and this was never, never measured. Now, they... Now, the the, uh, the experiments that were done, you know, Mickelson-Morley starting with that, they said, you know, that there was no ether, you know, because it didn't produce the fringe shift pattern big enough to uh, correspond to uh, the heliocentric model, right? So they got rid of the ether by saying that, you know, the space-time coordinate system itself. So they said space and time are merged, so the distance and time uh, contracted, you know, to to give the illusion that uh, that there was a fringe shift pattern. But in reality, there, there was none. Now, that evidence, it's like, okay, you want to go with that. It's a little little ad hoc, if you ask me. But if you want to go with that, that's fine. But then in 2004, the Sagnac effect was shown to be a linear effect. And even the equation used, which I can pull up here. Uh, I am familiar with it. Apparently, it's actually used to calibrate GPS systems. And the whole, it's general relativity thing is actually a myth. Yeah, but yeah, I don't so, know how far we can really go into this, but I'm just curious as to what this actually says about the shape of the planet. Because as far as I understand, the ether theories don't say anything about the shape of the planet. If there's no orbital velocity and the rotation effects attributed to Earth rotation are linearized and they're shown to be directionally dependent, then there's no rotation. If the Earth isn't orbiting the sun and, it, and it's not rotating, then it's not, then I don't think it's a ball. Right. So, and that's, a, that's even further. Uh, illustrated by GPS's range measurement equation when used in the ECI reference frame. So they have a separate reference frame that they, that they take the initial measurement in, and then they transform that distance derived to the ECEF reference frame, which is, the, you know, rotating a blade spheroid that they say that we live on. And uh, that, that, that transformation should be an invariant transformation uh, because the speed of light should be constant in all reference frames and GPS being a time interval system, you know, they're all synced to the same time. So there should be no discrepancy in the uh, in the distance derived in the first reference frame. So when you get into uh, you know coordinate system transformations and stuff like that, if you were to use 
the traditional way to measure distance, right? If you take these two coordinates, EF or was E5 and uh, C2, and you transform them to a spherical coordinate system, et cetera, the distance is going to be messed up. They're not going to be the same. But using the time interval system that GPS, you know, came up with or whatever, that uh, eliminates that. So the, the transformation should be invariant in all reference frames. And if they're not, that means that the measuring stick that they're using, C, isn't the same in that reference frame. And if that's and if that's the case, then all the interferometry is uh, back on the table in terms of proving an ether and not uh, any sort of earth rotation or orbital velocity. Couldn't this also just mean that the distance formula was wrong? No. And the thing I'm actually really confused about is you went from stationary to flat. And I just I didn't follow that because I am familiar with a lot of these stationary notions about so, models like yeah, it's a simplification yeah. relative gotcha. to the center of mass mass yeah, and such. Gotcha. In, in heliocentrism, how do they say the Earth is or how do they think how do they say things are formed into spheres? They're rotating, coalescing in space. You know, the matter is getting together or whatever and attracting and it's, you know, turning into a rotating ball. If that so the if that's word not, is if accretion, that, if, if, the word is accretion, that, I believe. And I think if, that's flawed. Yeah, you're, you're good. Sorry. You're, you're good. Yeah, if that's not measured, then that's not what's happening, right? If the if the orbital velocity or if the rotational effects and the orbital velocity aren't measured, then the story about how Earth became a ball isn't isn't relevant, right? And then you can get into other effects, um, like Tribune pointed out. So when you so when a plane's traveling over the plane, you see the exact effect that you would see over a stationary non-rotating plane. Um, in the in the presentation that Tribune opened with, he shows um, you know what the flat Earth prediction would look like, and it has the uh, the stars overhead, and then like a little celestial personal dome or whatever. So that's your perspective, and then you can see the, how the um, how the sky kind of uh, rotates around to conform to where you're at perspectively. So that that right there, I mean, the plane flies three thousand miles over no curvature. So. That in tandem with uh, laser interferometry, I mean, there's just, there's no rotation, there's no orbital velocity, there's no curvature, there's there's nothing. You got nothing. So because of the lack of uh, evidence for accretion, which I agree with, by the way, therefore, it, the planet hasn't been established as spherical because the mechanism by which it became spherical, you don't give it, you're skeptical of that mechanism. Is that correct? Yeah, there was the end results of that mechanism have never been measured and a plane flies over a plane as seen in the video. So I wouldn't then I wouldn't then turn around and say, oh, well, maybe it's curved for some reason that doesn't make sense or uh, present itself in reality. I think Ryan was asking for whoever screen sharing to. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, my, I, I apologize. Mm hmm. Oh, uh, that was it. You can, you can. Does someone else want to take it away for a bit? I'd, I, I'm interested in this line of inquiry, but I, I don't want to dominate the whole debate. Yeah, let's get our other voices in here. Let's kick it over to uh, Akil for now and then uh, over to Troubling after this. Sounds good. Thank you. So I'm a fighter, so I don't usually pull my punches. So I, maybe I should have said at the very beginning of what I pre presented or what I read off. I know it wasn't slides and all that sort of stuff. Modern day debate has, has been something I've been watching for a while. I watch a lot of flat earth debates and I didn't hear anything new from the flat earth side. I mean, does it mean that I need to understand every last bit of that? I, I really don't. 
So, and the reason for that is because I'm pointing out something that's more, much more uh, pressing and something that we have to pay more attention to right now. The science denial side of it. So I'm sorry that it hurt your feelings about it. You, me saying that you were anti-American. I didn't say that and I didn't call you terrorists. What I said was, if you're wrong, doesn't it make you un-American since we as Americans had this huge achievement? What's doesn't it make you anti anti-soldier if those soldiers are the ones that led the course and were brave enough and manly enough to do the work to get out there and serve their country. That's what I asked. I'm sorry that, I mean, I must've been talking a little bit too fast, but that's what I asked. And I would like an answer to that. Wouldn't it make you, if you say that all the science is incorrect on the globe side or the, or the, or the parts that you're pointing out, doesn't it make you anti that science? No. And here's why. And by the way, uh, specifically, you said that people that question that stuff can be uh, convinced to do atrocities and then uh, even possibly overthrow their government, which that would be considered terrorism. So I just call it like I see it. I don't pull my punches either. Oh. Um, and as far as like I science, you, I know you thought most people were terrorists. As far as as far as uh, science goes, right? It's not anti-science in any regard, in any category, to question and challenge the assertions made in that scientific field. That's actually the basis and the core, the seed, if you will, behind the whole scientific thought process. It's to challenge those claims and then to try to come up with something. Uh, the mainstream claim is that science is always trying to best each other and always trying to come up with the new best and greatest thing so that they can get the Nobel Peace Prize and yada yada, even though we know that that's not what happened when you look at... Uh, um, papers published in The Lancet, you can see that the peer review process has been peer reviewed and it's uh, absolutely atrocious. It's basically a good old boys club publishing each other's papers until they all die off. And then their uh, apprentices with their slightly different ideas come up and publish stuff. We're probably about to get away from the whole idea of uh, general uh, relativity because it's always gotten the, it's always gotten a lot of predictions wrong, um, especially when we're talking like looking uh, supposedly deeper out into space. But um, I specifically brought up um, a very specific example of where why there's no curvature, right? And so actually several different examples, but the Rock Lake experiment and the um, flight uh, observation, as well as uh, the debunk of the actual mechanism behind how all this stuff works, as Alan so elegantly put. Um, at the end of my presentation, I asked if there was any actual scientific verifiable proof for you to claim that I deny, right? Because that would be science denial. If I'm just like, nah, that's just not a thing, right? And I've got a question. I've got a question. Mm -hmm. Would you agree that a sufficiently large sphere would appear flat to in its inhabitants? Sure, but can we acknowledge that we're explaining away the observation of we see flatness? We want to assume that it's a ball. We still have to have I know that we're, uh, I, I think evidence. maybe we're just, maybe a lot of people are just not even acknowledging it, but I'm acknowledging it as inconsequential. That's why I didn't include sensory perception in my proof because I was, you know, basically saying that in the, on the scale of the planet, it's probably garbage. We can't see the planet from our perspective. Well, what can we actually, again, just back to the question right now, put the ball in y'all's court. What can we actually rely on that has gone through the scientific process? that can help us determine that your claim of the earth being a globe with this set radius of 3,959 miles orbiting through space at all these different vectors while also wobbling and processing um, that this is a valid claim. 
Well, I, I showed you, I know I didn't bring you slides, but remember what I told you about the past? The first fl flight of the lunar module, Apollo 10 flying around the moon, um, astronauts Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, you remember all that stuff? All of that was done because they followed the scientific method. All of that was done with math and all of that was done with very Can precise trajectories or else it would not have been able to be done. You understand? So that is the scientific method. Wouldn't you agree? I would disagree. And the reason why I would, I would be able to point out this disagreement very obviously is by asking you where the control and variable are in this so-called experiment that you're calling the Apollo moon landings. We'll just start there. Where the control and variable are. Yeah. You know, the two core things that are needed to present an experiment to make something scientific instead of it being a story in uh, pseudoscience, something that claims to be scientific, but has not gone through the method. Okay, so then let's eliminate this all, all the way then. Let's just say, you know what? Okay, you know what? Hey, you got me, buddy. The past didn't happen. Let's, what about the present? What about the 70 different space agencies that I told you about? What about 16 of them being able to, are capable of launching um, space launches as of last year? So is that not true as well? Are you, are you denying all of that? So That's I don't know that we launch things up. I, uh, I just deny that you guys are putting into something called a presupposed orbit into a presupposed force that has not ever been verified, right? Satellites are uh, There's nuance in the disagreement, right? Um, I, Satellites we can, are look, we can obviously look up and see that uh, rockets are being launched up, right? But we can also look up and see that they're making a, a parabolic arc, right? We don't actually see them go off uh, into space, as you call let's it. Say I grant, let's say I grant that uh, you can't prove scientifically that the Earth is a sphere. I can deduce it using logic. Can you deduce a flat surface using logic? Easily. I'd love to hear it sometime because to me, it, it seems impossible to get there because it would start to self-consume itself because it would have a center of mass that all the gravity would be pulling towards. So it seems that you have a presupposed notion of like the way you think gravity has to work. There's never been any verification um, or any experiment that proves that gravity is a radial force or that the same force that pulls things downward is the same force that keeps the things in the sky suspended and keeps our gases uh, in place. There's been no verification of any of that. Um, what we have done is we have actually done a uh, tried to get close to that with uh, doing a Van de Graaff generator experiment where we added and took away charge from different objects and see if we could affect the vector. And we did. Um, would this be 100% proof? I don't think so, but it does uh, give a good positive piece of evidence towards that way. Um, but this was done with manipulating electric currents. This wasn't done with manipulating um, bending uh, space time. So again, the burden of, of claiming that all things would pull into this center right from some force, I'm not even gonna go as far as to make you claim the cause and effect relationship because mainstream admits that they don't know that it's space time. Um, but how do you prove that it's a radial force and that what you're claiming is true that everything uh, it can't possibly be flat because everything would pull into a sphere. The sphere is consistent with the evidence, although I'll grant you that it's an indirect interpretation of evidence. So at some point you have to agree what your convention is for what exactly matter is doing. And on this level, I think we're describing matter that's holding itself together. 
And the gravity people have an answer for that. They're saying, well, the planet's holding itself together by attracting itself to its perceived center, its center of mass. And I can follow that, and it all seems to check out pretty good to me. And I'm just saying for the flat Earth people, like, do you have a corresponding line of logic that you can follow where the end result is, oh, the, the Earth is flat? It doesn't seem like you have an alternate yeah, model yep. of gravity. I'd love to hear yeah. from Alan, though. Jen, so... The effects attributed to what did you call it earlier? Accretion, accreting, or something? You know, when the what coalescing were, of the matter is. I was just trying. I was trying to boat. verify. Sorry, I was trying to verify that you were talking about accretion, which is the yeah. general title of planets and stuff gathering together. Sure, sure. So, would you agree that if that's if that were the case, and that we were land, and we were standing on a rotating ball that formed under such circumstances, would you agree that these effects should be measurable? Yeah, and I don't think that they are. I think accretion is actually something you can negate with empirical evidence because all the planets no, no. in the solar system are measured to be the same age, which means let they me must have had a rephrase. beginning. That's let not... me rephrase. Yeah, let me let me rephrase. Would you expect that you could measure the effects of the rotating ball that you're standing on that was a result of the effects that you're attributing to? Uh, not necessarily because there's something in measurement theory called a grounding principle where... Not everything is necessarily measurable. By making certain things measurable, you're necessarily excluding other possibilities for measurement. It's just kind of a structural thing. So do you think it's weird then that the Michelson-Morley experiment was co-opted as a null result saying that the speed of light is invariant and, that's, and, and then they turn around and through the mechanism of transformation equations, they use this to explain um, you know, that there is a velocity even though it can't be measured. Do you find that that's uh, a sufficient answer when the speed of light, you know, varies that uh, uh, directionally dependent, and that it has nothing to do with uh, with rotation or anything like that? So, do you think that that would still be an accurate measurement stick to then come up with a mathematical framework to explain why there's no um, uh, velocity detected because time and space contract because it's uh, asserted mathematically? I'm not sure what you mean by there's no velocity detected because clearly there's a limited velocity detected even for us that, you know, the sun's not always in the same place, which means true. either we're true, stationary true. and it's moving or we're both moving or okay, let stationary me, let me, and we're moving. You're correct. So let me let me rephrase that, actually. So the Michelson-Gale experiment provides a measurement to the relative to the latitude, right? So similarly to how they say that the glob, or the glob, <laughs> how the globe rotates at a thousand miles at the equator, and then at the 45th latitude, it would be like 500, and then, you know, at the North Pole, it'd be zero, right? So similarly to how that scales, um, the Michelson-Gale experiment was was done and measured, even with the varying speed of light, they used, uh, the equation that they used, I can bring it up here one second, is not, it, 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 it doesn't, um, invoke any relativistic effects or anything like that. They, they use a the ether framework. So they use an absolute reference frame to measure the relative velocity of the light traveling through the um, the pipes that go east-west and the pipes that go north-south. And through that, they determine that there's a varying speed. And also GPS does the same exact thing uh, with the range measurement equation. And even the Sagnik effect can be derived using the range measurement equation. And I have papers and all that to back up the math and can I show you all that if you need it. Um, so with all that being said, it's pretty clear that there's a varying speed of light. So to then jump into a framework of interpretation where the first two postulates are that all reference frames are equally valid and that the speed of light is the same in all frames, that's obviously shown to not be true in nature. 
So to then ad hoc use transformations as the explanation to uh, facilitate the mechanism required to verify, uh, you know, Earth's orbital velocity and the Copernican principle and all that uh, doesn't exist. So well, you know, it's if a you, if, constant speed in a constant medium. If the medium is changing, then this measured speed of light will also change. So that would. But I agree be, with you. There may be some gray area for interpreting what exactly the nature of this yeah, distortion I'll give, may I'll give, be. I'll give, I'll, give, I'll give you the grayest of areas. So even accounting for those effects in the range measurement equation, it would it automatically would deduce that the the delay in GPS is proportional to the uh, velocity of the of the moving receiver. So the so if they're moving at thirty miles, you know, an hour or whatever, the delay in which they receive it relative to a stationary observer in the same exact position and time would uh, varies due to their velocity. It's already accounted for in it. So it you know it definitely one hundred percent varies to the observer, right? So you know uh, the first postulate being that it it wouldn't affect that, right? So it clearly does. So let's 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 say the Earth is in motion, right? And it's moving through the cosmos or whatever. Well, the light that they're saying, you know, is coming in from all directions. They're saying that's the same speed, but I have direct evidence, uh, experimental evidence, showing that it's directionally dependent. So that completely invalidates the interpretation of uh, of of the distances that they say everything is and how everything's derived because they are not. All accounting that for would that. mean is that the uh, refraction index was changing. No refraction index speed, in space. The measured speed actually, of light changes with the refraction index. So what you're describing sounds like that. No, it's not. It's proportional to the velocity of the observer moving. It's outside of the confines of the small minuscule effects of, of a refractive index. And furthermore, there was another experiment done uh, in the 90s where they did it, you know, with satellites in space. They're just, you know, right Losing you. Oh, you're cutting so, but in the same vacuous conditions that you would expect in invariant speed. Of there you are. Oh, sorry. I might be lagging a minute. Oh. That's all right. Uh, we do want to try to get the other voices in here. So uh, uh, let's try to kick it over to a kill uh, at the end of this. Uh... Okay. Okay. You're yeah. 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 Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Where was I at? I can't even remember now. Orbital velocity. Can't measure it. Never been done. What was the... Uh... And the mechanic behind the null result is uh, also invalidated. So you pretty much, if you're being intellectually honest, you pretty oh. much have to accept Oh, it. right. Right. Sorry. So we were talking about refractive indexes in GPS. So for GPS, they did an experiment, you know, whether it's in space in a vacuum and the propagation wouldn't be affected by any sort of refractive means. What they found is that, you know... Um, so basically positioning the satellites around the globe in the, in the same sense that a four-mirror um, four interferometer would, would be. They sent the signal going around the globe and what they found, you know, so-called, and what they found was that the propagation going east to west is faster by 14 microseconds and it's slower by, oh, I'm sorry, 0 0.014 microseconds and then uh, slower going in the opposite direction. And there's no mechanism in space to facilitate that if it's due to Earth rotation, right, because these satellites are you know, doing their own thing in a vacuum. So there's no reason why that uh, would, would carry over and would matter. And yet it does. So, and the fact that uh, all the GPS clocks are synchronized with uh, uh, with an equation that is equivalent to calculating for the Sagnac effect as well, tells you that they're not, you know, out in space either. That whatever is affecting them is close and local and it has to be affected or it has to be kept within those confines. It's 
it's pretty obvious. Like if we were Occam's razoring this, there's no chance that the earth's spinning or rotating in it. Oh, dude, I forgot about that too. So check this out, Jen. You know how I was telling you earlier about the proportional velocity uh, being relevant uh, to the observer, right? So in the case of where the earth is orbiting, that's a linear motion, right? And then the, uh, the orbital velocity would be a, a linear uh, velocity as well. So if you the Earth was rotating into its orbit, that effect would also have to be accounted for for a stationary observer, and it's not. And there, there's even been some, uh, some like uh, what's hold on called? a minute. Like some... Do we even have access to stationary observers? What's that? Do we even have access to stationary observers? And the yes. thing I really so... wanted to say was that the Sagnac effect. I'll grant you that it, it relies on the ether, but how does that connect to the flat? Like, how does stationary equal flat? I don't get that part. I'm not going to keep repeating it. You should rewatch the intro or rewatch what we talked about earlier. Yeah. Maybe someone else can take it away from here. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's try to kick it over to, uh, yeah, go for it. Oh, sorry. I, I thought you were about to uh, jump in. Akil, if I, if you want oh, to jump oh, yeah, in go, here. Go ahead, Akil. Yeah. Hey, thanks guys. Um, so um, I'm having a independent debate, I guess, outside of everyone else's. So the reason why I'm not um, giving too much of the data and all that sort of stuff, I could just repeat back things I've heard. But the reason why I'm not doing that is because I'm not a scientist. And the reason why I'm focusing more on the moral and philosophical implications of what you're talking about is because, like I mentioned to you before, there is a danger in believing this way. And if you don't believe me, look how many times you hear the word conspiracy in people's tag name, people's names and in their avatars and in their channel names and things like this. Once you start believing this way that, hey, established science got it wrong, we have the correct science. What happens is everybody else is going to space. Um, private companies are going to space. We have people that aren't even that smart going to space. But the rest of us are talking about very, very niche and very, very specific parts of science that one side says it's this, one side says it's that. At the very end of this debate, nobody's going to be switched over from one side to the next because of the science. They came exactly knowing exactly what they would hear. I knew I knew exactly what I would hear and I heard exactly what I thought I was going to hear. So I'm trying to tug at your heartstrings. Doesn't it doesn't it fly in the face of all the established science to say, yeah, no, 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 I'm not I'm not denying the science. It's just incorrect. I'm not denying the science. It's just incorrect. America has made leaps and bounds in getting to space. And just because we did that. The world is a better place. Here's my question to flat earthers uh, or those that believe in the flat earth. What exactly is what is the goal? What do you plan to accomplish by thinking this way, by having a channel in the first place? What is it that you want to do? What I want to do is I want us to believe good things and not bad things, because when you start to believe bad things or things that aren't correct or true, you'll notice that once you start believing in a conspiracy like that, oh, they're all lying to you. Oh, all of a sudden you believe in all these other conspiracies. And that's what I was alluding to. 
It doesn't make you an American. I said, doesn't it? If you don't believe that your own country has the strength and has the fortitude and the bravery to do a thing like they did, like they did, and all those soldiers, like address some of these questions that I'm asking. I'm rapid firing them at you because I keep asking them and then you keep saying no, but ask these, answer these questions about the science. I'm not here for the Trump League tribute. All right. So you keep saying uh, answer these questions about the science specifically, and I'm still kind of waiting to hear the specific science that you're referring to. And you you actually specifically said I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. So I don't know uh, what specifically I could respond to other than saying you claiming that it's uh, too big of a conspiracy or that the whole world needs to lie to me or that. Um, I don't understand how it could possibly work is not actually a valid argument. It's by definition, an argument from incredulity. So um, I presented positive That's claims. What that means. I've presented positive claims towards uh, why I believe what I believe. And ultimately I'd like us for, uh, I'd like all of us to believe less and know more because belief is the enemy of knowing. So I would like us to be able to formulate theories and postulates that are closer to what we actually observe in reality, as opposed to ad hocing uh, explanation after explanation to explain away the obvious. Of course, the obvious being that we are at the center because we aren't measuring any curvature. We um, are, sorry, mixing it up. We are flat because we're not measuring any curvature and we're not moving because we're not measuring any orbital velocity. And again, that's the whole mechanic behind how we would be a ball in the first place. The only evidence that we've had offered is that, well, I just believe that this is the way that it has to work because of uh, what I know about quantum mechanics, essentially. Um, and that just doesn't really fly when we have actual measurements, right? Like no one has, Jen, you, I believe you said that you had something for the star observation for the star time lapse. Would you like to like get into that maybe? There we are. Sure, I can oh. screen share it. Right to it. All right. There we go. This was uh, presented to me some time ago. This an image like this one on right here. And I won't click it because this is YouTube. But to get the basic idea, and I, I think they actually sent me this picture as evidence for flat Earth. And I was like, how do you get to flat Earth from this? And I guess because in the image, it looks maybe like all the stars are in the same plane. To me, this could only be precipitated by a sphere rotating and a point on that sphere tracing out a circle as it rotates. So I guess I'll put it to you, how do the flat Earth people account for this motion of representing the time lapse of stars overnight? Yeah, I can tackle that. I was in my opening presentation. So although we did go over it super duper brief, um, basically what it is, is we see in a sphere, right? It's that simple. We have a hyperbolic grid of vision, which you can make specific measurements to things in the sky, uh, get azimuth readings, which is why Witsit has coined the term of the azimuthal grid of vision, which has then been a straw man because it can't actually be addressed that if we can actually accurately plot things within a limited sphere of view and then uh, have that be projected over a flat plane and make accurate pre uh, predictions, which you can with the Walter Bislin flat earth model, then 
there you go. I mean, that your claim that the stars, the way that they move is debunked on its face. And on top of that, all of the assumptions for the globe, earth, mathematics with the way that the things move in the sky, right? Or the based on the spherical geometry, but none of that takes, in, but none of that takes into account um, the fact that we do actually see in hyperbolic space. None of that, none of those measurements are taken into account when we're talking about the way that things are dropping. Or are uh, you saying? Sorry, when you say hyperbolic space, I just want to stop you because I'm confused. Are you saying that this uh, circular shape of the time lapse at night—that's an artifact of our vision? Yeah, well, I mean the stars saying. are actually so moving. What, Don't get me wrong. What They're... can we trust? Can, I mean, what can we trust if everything is just the human uh, lens of hyperbolic vision? Well, understand that that's kind of your position. We observe the Earth as flat and non-rotating, and have mechanical things that work that way. And you're saying, despite that, um, we are going to assume that it is um, a curved thing that we're living on, even though it's only our vision that's curved. Well, that's not my position. My position is, uh, you know, what do we actually have a reason to believe? And we don't always have a reason to believe our senses. And the reason we don't believe our senses when estimating the size of the planet is that we're much smaller than the scale of the planet. And so we have to invoke some other – we have to appeal to something other than our senses for that. I would say that what you're doing is a uh, – sensory reification fallacy. Would you uh, see why I might say that? So again, I'm not making the positive claim that the stars move and that means that we're on a globe, right? That was what your claim was. And then you asked for a way for the flat earth to explain it. And I offered that with the uh, known fact that we do knowingly observe things in hyperbolic visual space. This has been documented. This has had scientific literature produced about it. There's an actual paper that I reference in my TikTok debates all the time, literally called curved uh, direct measurements of curved visual space. And it's not that the light itself is bending or anything like that, but because we see in a sphere around us, things project uh, basically onto the sphere that we see. And so the further away things is basically a fancy way of saying perspective, right? The further so how away do you know the go, flatness isn't, how do you know the flatness isn't an artifact of your perception? Well, we attempt to measure it, right? And we see that when we do line of sight propagation, uh, i.e. radio waves would be a great example, that they go way too far. And as a result of this, the globe has had to ad hoc an explanation of multiple different varying layers of electrons and uh, density um, that actually bounce and reflect these signals back at the perfect angle every single time without us having to take this into account with a measurement. It's just literally we shoot it line of sight as if it's right there. And it just, and if it's a globe, it's just a crazy coincidence. If, and what should the globe be doing to that? Well, if it's a globe, right? So this is how I put it to make it uh, make as much sense as possible. So what's being claimed right now when it comes to radar waves or radio waves is that it's line of sight propagation. Meaning if I take a, uh, you know, a paper or trash ball and I throw it to the trash can directly, right? That's a straight shot, right? That's line of sight. Boom, threw it, I saw it, I threw it. What the globe is claiming is happening is that despite us doing that, we are actually uh, bank-shotting it. We're throwing it up, bouncing it off the ceiling, and making it into the trash can still. That's what the claim is from the globe, even though we're not measuring it that way. And obviously, if I was going to throw something a bank shot versus throwing it straight on, it's going to be completely different, but it's not. It's the same, and this is just an explanation that they've created after the fact. 
when the other explanation was that there just was no curvature, right? There's no obstruction. The ground isn't bending away from the signal. And so the only thing we have to take into account really is the attenuation of the signal. All right. Well, if we want to stop the screen share there, I'm just going to uh, let you guys know that uh, as per what we agreed before we started the debate here, we got about 20 more minutes to go. Uh, but I, I'm the type of person that I don't mind if people want to riff for a little longer. But we do have quite a few super chats and that can turn into some riffing time, too. So uh, just going to remind our audience to get your super chats in because we are going to do the Q&A uh, for anybody that does submit a super chat. Keep them friendly. Keep them kind. Uh, and I'll read them. That's usually how that works. So, um, yeah, we got, uh, you know, another 20 minutes. Uh, if you guys want to keep going, just let me know. Uh, if not, uh, I'll stop you there. All right. So, uh, yeah, let's kick it back over to Jen there. So uh, I think you were just coming off the screen share. Um, I guess I could hand it over to Akil. Uh, not sure how I can respond to that because it was a bit too much information at once. Thanks, Jen. And Jen, I really appreciate you taking the uh, heavy work for me. I appreciate it. Um, your knowledge is on this stuff is far past mine. Um, so thanks. can someone please address the, the pictures that we saw? So it's a time-lapse picture. You see the foreground and you see the stars moving in the background. How in the world is this an artifact of our vision if it's in the picture, you see the foreground is not moving with the time-lapse. The background's moving with the time-lapse. So can somebody please address that? Because I think that that's what you were asking, Jen. I think, how is it that we see this happening and we're able to do a time-lapse of it? We can do it on video, we can take pictures of it. We've, we've seen many, many of these. And the foreground isn't moving. So that means that on a flat Earth, the flat Earth itself would have to be moving or the stars would have to be moving on a round Earth. Can someone please address the actual images that were shown? The stars are moving around the Earth. And the proof of this is the uh, flight uh, image that I or video time lapse that I showed that it still has not been addressed and where the pilot is flying over 3,000 miles, there's 43 degrees of calculatable um, change that is supposed to occur. The stars are supposed to shift up 43 degrees. It's every uh, 69 miles is one degree of shift. And yet in the video that I presented, there is no degrees of shift in that regard. There is only the clockwise rotation that we typically expect to see while looking that direction. How is that right, let's possible? Try to let the others, let's try to let because the it's respond. in one place. No, because it's, it's just in one uh, physical location. It wasn't. It was over the screen share. <laughs> Sorry. It was oh, a plane going over 2,000 miles. Sorry, I, I thought you were talking about taking measurements from a single location. No, I was, I was just talking about the plane that flew overhead and was supposed to fly over 43 degrees of curvature and there was none. That comes back to scale. Is no, we thing? have a given scale though. Like the earth has a radius. We know, you know, you guys know the scale. So you should know exactly how much the earth has to curve in order for the distance between the flight taking off and the flight landing. 
and how much it the wouldn't star be a should, should move. Curvature. It wouldn't be perceptible curvature if you'd just be maintaining a constant, or not a constant altitude, but some type of consistency in your altitude. Well, the claim is, is that we actually use the stars to navigate and we have a reliable reading on them because they move one degree per 69 miles. So you can gauge your general location from the stars. So again, that implies that when you change direction or change your relative position from the stars every 69 miles, that that would equate to one degree. That is the scale. That's why I've already done the work for you and noted that it's 3000 miles of change which equates to 43 degrees of curvature or change or the way you would measure the curvature shift in the stars, which there is none. Well, you're making it sound like it's nothing and then something, but really it's something that's happening gradually. The curvature is always the same in all the places. So in that sense, it seems like there is none at all. I'll grant you that. That's why you have to start somewhere else to build up the reasoning behind the shapes. Otherwise, you do end up stuck in these sort of holes where it's like, well, why do we think that again? How far would I need to go over six hours in order to show the stars shifting up? I'm not familiar with this, but can you understand that there would be two sources of movement? There would be the planet moving on itself and then you moving within the planet. And the flight was north see... to south. Yeah, it was a north the to south. North... Yeah. Yeah, I'd have, I mean, sorry, it, I'd have to... It's game over. It was north to south. It's, it's, they should, it's they should have inverted. They, yeah, it's it's bad for you guys. There's really no explanation for it, except for when you you can try to invoke scale. But if you try to do that mathematically, you'll see there's no way to do it and keep the actual radius value of the Earth. Um, the the way that the stars have to change within 3000 miles, which is demonstrable, right? If you're on the sea in a boat, right, and you move 3000 miles, your position to the stars should be different. And that's supposedly different by a measurable amount. Again, 69 degrees. So again, I'm judging it not just by the shift of like just two certain stars, right? It's the shift of the whole sky. They do have two stars to uh, pinpoint so that you can track it. But all you see during the whole time lapse is just six hours uh, roughly worth of rotation of the sky, but nothing of actually dipping up. Do you guys understand that if we were on a ball and there's a rotation point, right? That that rotation point would change to your relative position if you moved around that ball? And that if that doesn't happen, that you're... Well, what's a rotation ball. point exactly? Like You mean the center of the planet? Yeah. Center there of isn't a rotation point on the planet. There's a rotation line. There's a stationary line. So I'm saying the optical rotation, right? Regardless of the cause of it, if you want to say the Earth's spinning, or if you want to say the uh, stars are spinning, which I'm saying the stars are spinning and that you can't prove that the Earth is moving. Or I would attribute most uh, effects interferometry, like most effects like that to the density of the material passing through it. And what, that's what's ultimately what we're interpreting is density here. That's why I keep saying I have a line of logic that can get me to a globe. Am I 100% certain it's a globe? I'm as certain as I can be about anything, but maybe that's not that certain. And I'm sort of trying to encourage the other side to show me the reasoning because I can see how you're interpreting the evidence, but to me, you haven't gotten past a sensory reification fallacy. You're just repeating what you're perceiving, and you're not alone in making that epistemic mistake, but I believe it is nevertheless a mistake. But you're asking us to form principles based on a hypothetical, right? You Like you have with uh, everything making more sense just if it's in spheres, right? That's, that's your opinion, 
right? That's not that's an right. And everyone's entitled to one and we should have a look at them and figure out which ones actually make the most sense. And then maybe we can agree on what principle of what step of the reasoning is it that we're disagreeing? Because maybe have, both sides have some sensory reification fallacies of different types. I don't think that the stars not moving in line with the globe Earth prediction as even Google Earth, like in my opening, it was right there, right? Google Earth has it modeled and you can take the flight on Google Earth and you can see how much the stars shift and that doesn't happen. It completely contradicts what we see. And that means it doesn't matter what our opinions are. The, as Ben Shapiro would say, right? Facts don't care about our feelings. Who cares if we feel that a, a sphere is the most perfect shape, right? If we have a measurement. It's more than a feeling, though. There's a logic behind it. And you're saying, oh, this one experiment. Like, I've never seen it, so I can't really speak to this one experiment. I'd love to see it because I do like looking at this stuff. But yeah, to me, for stuff that's beyond our immediate perception, and I don't even think the stuff in our immediate perception we are authoritative or, but stuff beyond our immediate perception, yeah, we have to invoke some type of reasoning principle. And maybe most of us can't. But at least on the globe side, there is a set of possibly fallacious reasoning steps that I don't think anyone has actually pushed back on, but I'd love to hear any objections well, to three-dimensional space or the like. Well, it's not even just fallacious, it's just like adequately debunked, right? I mean, again, if you assert that it has to be curving because of the way you feel about it, but I present you, and it, you say one experiment, right? But in my opening, there was several <laughs> several different uh, observations and examples of the lack of curvature. Um, what happens oftentimes when this gets presented is that they either get hand-waved away or ad-hoced away. Um, and th in this case, it seems like they're getting hand-waved away. We literally treat the Earth as if it's flat. We shoot a uh, radio wave, not just those, but electromagnetic waves in general, microwaves, uh, long-distance photography. We have infrared photography that can see way further, and yet that's supposed to cut through refraction, which is the mechanism that allows us to see further on the globe. How does that work? Shouldn't we see not as far if we're using infrared photography? just doesn't make sense. The uh, claims that your side what makes. What if the atmosphere is a lens and that lens is bending light? Well, that's what's taken into account with infrared, right? It's actually cutting through most of that refraction, which the bending light is supposed to be what allows us to see further on the globe. However, we know from real world observations that refraction actually obscures things. Right? It doesn't make it easier to see. It makes it harder to see. So, and this is there's not an example that you can provide that doesn't beg the question of the globe that shows that it makes things easier to see. I wouldn't predict it makes things easier to see. It's more about establishing the possibility that we could see beyond the pure extrapolation of the horizon. Oh, well, maybe we can see a little bit further. Oh, it's actually because there's this lensing effect that is compressing the light. That's how sunsets can get their light effect sometimes, or refraction. Yeah, we can send, uh, again, radio waves over the horizon transmission. I think the record is 10,000 miles. So, again, you have to invoke a bouncy layer of electrons in order to explain that. And then you have to ignore the fact that they're shooting at line of sight. And Tribune. Yeah, go ahead. Doesn't the uh, doesn't each wavelength have its, own, have it, has its own horizon, meaning that it can just propagate further yeah. based on the strength of the wave and the frequency? So like it's not even dependent on going over curvature or adhering to any curvature. It just depends on the, the frequency and how much power energy you put into it. I get it? <laughs> you know, yep. so 
the fact that they all have their own horizon and that there's not a, a uh, an actual one to, you know, it, it stop the, uh, the propagation is, you know, it's pretty obvious, right? If we were going to Occam's razor this, we would say it's just propagating straight dependent on how much energy you put into it to cut through atmospheric conditions or what have you. Any thoughts, or uh, did you guys want to... This might be a good time to go to questions. Sure yeah, I was just saying, but... uh, all of a sudden, everybody uh, just kind of... Maybe we came to a moment of... Uh, a, 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 a true natural moment of where we uh, decided, well, that's the end of our open discussion. So I want to thank everybody for uh, uh, coming out tonight and having the open discussion. Uh, we're going to move into our Q&A. Uh, just a reminder to keep those super chats friendly, everybody. Uh, I see... Uh, let's see, we've got over a thousand votes in our poll now, 35% flat, 49% globe, and 17% banana-shaped. Mmm, yes, okay, well, let us continue on to our Q&A. And I'm going to load this up now. Here's where the fun begins. All right, I'm not going to make any more meme references or Star Wars references. All right, so Sparky Steve, uh, before the debate began, uh, we were going to have Witsit on tonight. Witsit's hanging out in our live chat. I tried sending uh, Witsit a message, uh, though, uh, to see about getting you on. Uh, well, I won't tell anybody. We'll keep it a surprise, but uh, I'll send you a message. Uh, Sparky Steve for $10 had asked, for Witsit and Kai, this is important. One of the last debates uh, Yous did together, Yous stated that your P90... P9, sorry, P900, sorry, <laughs> guitar player. Uh, P900 brought the sun back after sunset. Can you confirm if this was true or were you both lying? I'm not sure if either of you fellas understand that experiment or uh, uh, what they were talking about there, but we can just move on from there. I'm sorry, Sparky Steve. We'll save it for the next time uh, and uh, we'll try to get that. Uh, question answered. So uh, let's move on. Reen uh, Kaluke, $2. To all CGI globe lovers, avoid vaccines. Be smarter. Um, I, we don't really need to respond to that. Um, that's not really a question there. Uh, Reen, again, uh, Kaluke uh, says for $2, space agencies equal money laundering rockets to nowhere. Thoughts on that on our globe side? Um, I, I have a thought on that. So um, I think that it will be more lucrative just to become a flat earth YouTuber or a TikToker rather than work for the government. Um, having to go in every day and all that sort of stuff, that's a lot of work. Um, but you know, all fun aside, if you really take a look at this, um, all you have to do is go to NASA's website and see how they're using the money. Plus, remember I mentioned that there are um, independent agencies all over the world that are doing the same work. So look into those and see what see see how they're funded and all that sort of stuff there's 16 of those agencies out of 70 that can that are space capable as of last year so forget about the money stuff and just look at the fact that the technology has advanced okay yeah it's not money laundering when you're being funded by the government that's so funny and accurate. Any th any thoughts on the other side? 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's a money right. laundering scheme within a jobs program. Keep people's wheels spinning. If you look at the experimental evidence that's and you know published papers that are done by the uh, astronauts on the ISS to back up the, with the you know their experimental stuff that they do up there. There's none. There's no evidence. No published papers. No nothing that that comes out of that in the history of the ISS. So all the times they say they're up there looking at X Y Z cell growing in a zero gravity environment so that they could better understand the effects of cancer, HIV, etc. Um, it's it's all made up. They've they've produced nothing that. Uh, that even shows that they're up there looking at things in zero G and I don't know how that would even, how that would even matter because we don't live in a zero G environment. So why you would go there to look at something grow in a zero G environment and then come down to earth where there's gravity and then treat something that's grown under the effects of gravity. It makes no sense. It's something they just tell people so that everyone assumes that science is being done and that the science will take care of us. Science, science, science. Thank you. Yeah, there's about uh, thousands of pounds of science on board. Uh, we're going to spend a whole day just busting out the science. Um, we have a whole room in the back dedicated to pure science. And these are not my uh, words. These are actually quotes. Um, I can't remember the astronaut's name, but this is actually an interview um, that they were talking about when they were talking about what they were about to do on the ISS. And uh, then I believe he took some drugs. I don't know. Um, I have to go back and take a look. But yeah, uh, I tend to agree. Big government jobs program keeps people invested, keeps people believing in the uh, greatness that is the American dream, which, by the way, I do love uh, the Constitution and the ideas of freedom that we get. I just wish we could live up to them more. All right. Well, let's continue on with our super chats from there. I'm just making sure I'm not being my legendary self on mute here. I'm uh, just letting our live chat know that I affectionately identify as a hop head because they always catch me drinking beer on stream. Um, I don't usually try to hide it, though, so it's kind of on me. All right, so let's continue on with our super chats here. Everybody, we're having a great conversation tonight. Keep them coming in. I love these super chats. The You know, they're fairly friendly uh, so far. So LJ499, why is the flat earth map on the UN flag? Jen may have a chance to wake up, but a kill is clearly too brainwashed. Do you still believe in Santa Claus? Is that it's me? a type of map making technique. So I forget exactly what it is. Maybe there's stereographic projection, but it's basically a way to get a three-dimensional surface projected onto a two-dimensional surface because the flag of the UN is a two-dimensional surface. See, pretty easy. And plus, we have um, dragons on flags and stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, it seems as though what's on flags doesn't really matter when you're still doing the science. All right. Did you guys want to move on from there? Get it. All right. Excellent. Sorry. I'm just keeping a little eye on the live chat as well here. Just uh, making sure everybody's behaving themselves. All right. Uh, Justin, your membership question. No curve, no ball. Simple. Well, thank you, Justin, so much for uh, your super chat. Uh, if you guys had any thoughts on that, uh, there's not too much of a question there. It's more of an assertion. Um yeah, let's continue on, fellas. Sunflower, $10. Thank you so much uh, for being here again, Sunflower. Always a joy to see you in the old live chat. Akil didn't come to debate the specifics of the topic, it seems. Rather, he came to grandstand on the consensus and spew theories as to how his opposition could be so insane to believe anything otherwise. It's for you, Akil. 
Yeah, um, it was a challenge. Um, like when you read out the the stats at the very beginning, as far as who believed what, it's still the same in the very end, right? So rather than having a discussion that we've all heard before, I wanted to ask a simple question, which was, what if you're wrong? So if you're wrong, and I know you're going to say you're not, but what if you are? So if you're wrong, and the, the other established science is correct, then doesn't it make your mission here kind of pushing against progress? That's what I was saying. So I'm sorry if it sounds like grandstanding, but I wanted to offer something different in the debate. I feel I've done that. Mission accomplished. If the heliocentric position was correct, what we think of it, it would be irrelevant, wouldn't matter at all, wouldn't require suppression, wouldn't require censorship, wouldn't require anything like that to uh, to keep it within the There, there isn't any of that. To, to keep it confined. Well, that's a cool opinion you have, but there's, well, you can literally cool watch a you, Listen, don't interrupt. You can literally go watch a video <laughs> of the CEO of YouTube uh, in a hearing with Congress talking about how they're going to censor it. So I don't, anyway. Uh, well, just to be fair, let's see. What, was, was what was the other thing you said? Oh, was it my so, bad? I apologize. Continue. Never mind. No, it's okay. Um, but yeah, where where the question was for a kill, uh, yeah, uh, would you? Yeah, I was gonna say we'll let you wrap it out there. That's fine. Okay, I'll just wrap it up. Hey, look, I'm sorry, I'm hurting your feelings. I apologize, guys. I, I'm really. It may sound like I'm being cynical because I am kind of because we have a very serious situation. So. This is bigger than us, right? We're talking about the shape of the earth here, but we're also, as I keep alluding to, and I think I'm correct, I think that there's science denial. He said, no, that's not science denial. We just don't agree with the science. So that's Did you I bring any science to denial. this debate? Hey, don't interrupt. So right. yes, I brought science to the debate. Fair. <laughs> Did you? <Sorry. laughs> okay, here, here you are. So science to the debate is what I told you about all the great accomplishments of this country, right? Going to the moon, that's pretty awesome. It's different space agencies and things like that. Now, to cut you off, if you're asking you if I prove those things, you're asking if I prove those things, I don't have to. I'm standing on the, the soldiers of those, or the shoulders of those giants. So your right, position right. is basically, I don't have to prove these things because I rely on the consensus. Got it. No, not really. But you're relying on your consensus. We don't have right? a consensus. You, you do have a consensus. Dude, that's why you. That's why every single one of you flat earthers sounds exactly I'm alike. Sorry. Isn't the claim that flat earthers don't have a model? Yes, is, because you don't have a model. You have a consensus. You have a consensus belief. The science is incorrect. We are right. That's your consensus. Okay. That's All the right, consensus well, of mainstream from... science. Yeah, I was going to say, where you did call them out, I mean, I don't mind you wrapping up there. Uh, but yeah, let's try to move through our Super Chats. Uh, I do apologize if I uh, cut you off there, Alan. Uh, but uh, yeah, we do have quite a few questions, and I think uh, we might have more, more you know, substantive questions uh, that we will get be able to get into. So, T. Baggins for $5, Modern Day Debate, Tribune, you're my boy, killing it as usual. Glad to see you on MDD. Keep up the great flat smacks. Hey, thanks, T. Baggins. We love a good fan super chat. Just some positive support for the people that came out here to have a discussion tonight. That's really sweet. So uh, let's continue on. Aussie Gold gifted five modern day debate uh, memberships. Thanks for that. Uh, Wits It Gets It. Uh, 
yeah, uh, join us for next Saturday, buddy. What's going on? Would the Globe side like to admit that according to relativity, it is impossible to detect Earth's orbit around the sun and that's and that it's just a belief. So would the globe side like to admit that according to relativity, it is impossible to detect Earth's orbit around the sun and that it's just a belief? I guess I must be confused because I feel like we can establish that through our senses. That, but, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe we can debate about that sometime in person. You can go through the proof in detail. And that's the best thing about this is that you have multiple areas of research, right? You have all these different areas that I was mentioning, like that are all converging on the same thing. You don't just go through one avenue of study. Like if I drove from here to Mexico and just went over mountains and things like that, it's not, it may get me there, but it may not be the best way. So we got to look at all avenues in order to get to where we want to go, right? So that's why we don't rely on just one thing. So there's very, very many different areas of science that are bringing back data and they all converge on the same thing. That's how you know that the other science is correct. The, the scientists to your left and right are correct because what you found is exactly what they found. I will just add in that I believe that Jen committed a, uh, um, what was it, a sensory fallacy? Yeah. It, it looks like a globe. You, you caught me. You're right. Much love. All right. All right. Well, we have some agreement uh, before the end of that super chat. That's always uh, that's always a nice service, too. We like that. Richie Constitution, $10. I work for a defense contractor, and we test a very big missile that flies halfway around the world. The missile flight path is calculated using the globe model, and it works. How can you explain that? If I may. Um, so I'd have to see the actual equation that you're talking about. But last time somebody told me that they worked on the intercontinental ballistic missiles and told me something similar that they have to calculate for the curvature of the Earth, I simply went on Google and looked up the equation. And uh, one of the top, uh, I believe it was the second assumption, was to assume a flat non-rotating Earth to get the correct trajectory. So I'd have to see what equation you're talking about that's actually taking it into account. All right. Excellent. Uh, I was just uh, trying to respond to unknown friend here. And uh, the answer to where my grilled cheese is, is it was in my belly and now deep in our sewer system. Uh, and it was a wonderful grilled cheese that my wife made me that night. So, uh, yeah, I'll continue on from there. Love you, wifey. Let's go. Uh, so, which gets it again. Ikel, are you aware that grandstanding built upon appeals to authority and consensus is actually fallacious, thus intellectually inadmissible. It would be if those um, authorities weren't authorities. So um, that's that's incorrect. So if they are authorities, then if you appeal to them, like for instance, I'm not going to go to my mechanic to have him take my liver out. I'm going to go to a surgeon, right? So th the reason why we do this is because we have to, I may not know what he's doing when I'm anesthetized, but I don't have to. I have to rely on his expertise in that field to make sure that the liver comes out correctly, right? 
So you can appeal to authorities without being fallacious in your appeal if the authorities that you're appealing to have evidence backing what and their and their um and their um, authorities in their field. So that's that's my understanding of it. I'm sure he doesn't agree, but and I'm sure that my interlocutors may not agree, but that's my understanding of the appeal to authority fallacy. It's not a fallacy if they're actual authorities. And if someone wants to show me something written down in a, you know, a, um, I'll, I'll, I'll review it and I'll take back my words if they're uh, incorrect. And I'll come at this a different way next time. So that way I can please everyone with my, with my speech. All right, you got it. Kango, $44, $20. I have a question for the Flat Earth people. Do your fellow uh, physicists, geologists, uh, geologists, sorry, astronomers, and engineers that work with every day as you are close, are you, as you are clearly experts in these fields, do they think the Earth is flat? Couldn't tell you, and I don't see how that's relevant. Nope, that would be an appeal to authorities, and uh, it's a clever way to not address the arguments presented, as always. All right, let's continue on. T-Baggins for $2. Thanks again for being here, T-Baggins. Gravity is pulling down on my balls. Thanks, T-Baggins, for that. You know, you can't baggins unless the gravity pulleth. I've been playing a lot of Halo lately, okay? So just, um, you know, it's, it's bringing me back to that era. So bite me, XD, $5. If the Earth is flat, what's on the opposite side? Does anyone live there we just haven't met yet? Or is it like dirt and tree roots? Couldn't tell you. Any thoughts, Troubling Tribune? Well, I'm ashamed to admit that I was caught reading the chat and I missed the question. Oh, oh, they're basically asking what's they're asking uh, what would be on the other side of the flat earth is the oh, essential. Cool. So there is a uh, an idea, right? Speculation station, right? You could ask a similar question of like what's at the edge of the uh, universe, right? We don't really know. But if I had to guess, I'd say it's the other pole of our magnetic charge. I think that our magnet our the way our magnetic field works is that we have a uh, north uh, charge or well, it doesn't really matter the name of it, right? We have a certain charge over the north that propagates over our whole plane. And then the South charge of that would be on the other side of it. But speculation station, right? I don't know for sure. All right, you got it. And I see there's more Super Chats pouring in. So uh, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys are braced for impact. I'm going to ask right now, just because it might seem to be a good time, uh, if any of you need to grab a drink of water or use the washroom, uh, feel free to you know, step out right quick. Uh, we'll keep the super chats going though. I just want to let you guys know that uh, if we end up going a little bit longer and you're kind of sitting in your chair, like, oh, darn it, Ryan, come on, hurry up. Um, you, you feel free to step on out and use the washroom and get a drink, whatever. Um, so <laughs> it's all good. Uh, so Wits it gets it. Oh, turned off his camera. So we'll just go back to screen share in a second here. Wits it gets it asks four ninety nine. Relativity necessitates kino, uh, kino, kinematic dynamic dynamic equivalence yet geocentrism doesn't have the dark matter energy problems so isn't geocentrism more viable 
kinematic. I have to get these old glasses on because I'm using a different monitor tonight. It's hard to check uh, it if out. I so this one is for the little time. That, answer that one, like, yeah, for sure. If you're just accepting heliocentrism, that's a lot less framework than the other possibilities. So it's a lot easier to establish that than the extra stuff. No, you answered in the inverse. It's this geocentrism is the one that requires less. All right. Any thoughts over there, Akil, before we move on? Oh, sorry about that. I, I apparently misunderstood the question. Is uh, I have to address that geocentrism is less presuppositions that for it to be the center, there's no justification for that. It's not the largest object. So I think it really doesn't have any evidence to support that the, uh, sorry, geocentrism has no evidentiary support that is actually uh, valid in my worldview. Because remember, direct perception of an ant on the surface of a gigantic cosmic anthill is not relevant. All right, you got it. We'll continue on from there. Uh, Wisco Matt for $5 says, Ryan is the best mod. Oh, well, thank you. I, I, I feel the love uh from you there wisco matt thank you so much you know it, it, it's always nice to hear some encouraging things about me because uh, sometimes people think i mod too much or that i don't mod enough so it's a uh, it's a bit of a balancing act of kind of like okay where do i step in and when am i stepping on somebody's heels so uh, I, I always appreciate the support there uh so the second part of his question troubling can you explain what loran is where is troubling? He's still at the bathroom. So why don't we just hold on to that for one second and we'll come back to it. That way I can remind everybody that uh, uh, we love Wisco Matt just as much as he loves me. Uh, no, that's fine. Witta gets it for $1.99. Didn't the CMB axis of evil refute heliocentrism? I think that one's for you, Jen. Uh, or... <laughs> well, it depends on the scale, right? So... It's unclear what ancients thought, if that's what you're asking. A modern, you know, approach did have a helio geocentric model for a while, which was then updated to heliocentric. But yeah, it's uh, then negated by the next scale up where you realize, oh, the approximation that the sun was stationary is actually only an approximation that's valid for this scale. When you go up to this bigger scale, oh, it turns out the sun is actually moving quite quickly, which is... One of the more baffling things that larger objects move faster. I would have thought that might have been brought up during this debate, but maybe in a future debate. All righty. Uh, Troubling Tribune's back, so let's see if everything's working out here. Oh, we just got to fix up a few people here in uh, the Zoom chat because we got... Uh, few people on the wrong side there we go everybody's looking pretty again and under their right names so troubling tribune we have a question for you my friend just hold on a second here so first off they said i'm the best mod i can't help but agree with that no i i, I can't help but disagree james is obviously just the goat but troubling can you explain what loran is Oh, yeah, I'd be happy to. That's long-range navigation. It's a, a radio wave-based navigation system. So, righty. 
There we go, everybody. All right, so I got that Zoom chat moving everybody around again. We stopped wiggling for a moment on screen, but it's okay. Uh, we, just, uh, we just needed a moment to shake out our bodies. The Lock Hunters, nine ninety nine. I live in Argentina. I fly regularly to Europe and the U.S. I have flown direct to Australia. I sailed across the Atlantic in a sailboat. A flat earth would not work for those times and distances. Right. Uh, to, I was gonna say, do you want to take this one? Didn't you just cover it on Globusters? Yeah. What was the distance again? I was also <laughs> reading the chat. Just arbitrary distances that don't work on a flat Earth because of uh, what's it called, uh, tailwinds and all that. Yeah, wow. they didn't put down specifically. Yeah. So they, they didn't put it. down like. Um, yeah, they said I live in Argentina and I fly regularly regularly to Europe and the U.S. I've flown direct to Australia. I sailed across the Atlantic in a sailboat. A flat Earth would not work for these times and distances. Uh, it's more of a statement, so I mean, it's not really a you know you can kind of extract a question, but we can move on if you want. No, that's fine. I can address it. That's very simple in that you're asserting to know all the factors and you just don't. You don't know your true ground speed, so you think that you do because. Um, you have to guess it between two uh, distances that are presupposed, but in actuality, you don't really know. So, oh, yeah, you catch a jet stream on that flight, you're not gonna, you're not gonna know. It's gonna be added to your ground speed, but you're not gonna know. So that's gonna affect the, you know, the distance traveled, obviously. So you would think you're doing globular distances when you're in fact not. All righty, let's uh, move on from there. I know Jenna stepped out, so we'll. Uh, We'll just continue on and try to pick questions that aren't direct towards Jen. Uh, Wisco Matt, once again, $5. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Troubling. What is dark matter and dark energy? What percent of the universe is supposedly made up of matter we can see? Awesome. Yeah, dark matter and dark energy are the things in the universe that we can't see that have density that are supposed to help us fix how long um, mainstream cosmology is about their gravitation equations. Um, it's about 68, I believe, 60, yeah, 68% is dark energy, and then dark matter is going to be 27%. So I think it's like 90, 96%, 95% of the total universe is <laughs> this uh, invisible stuff that you can't really measure. It's just a mathematical necessity. Um, this would be one of the ad hoc uh, explanations that also uh, add into making the globe unfalsifiable, which means it's not scientific uh, by definition. All right, you got it. Well, let's carry on. Uh, the next super chat coming in from Matt for $2. I'm not sure exactly what this means. Maybe it's some sort of YouTube thing that I'm not aware of. But I, I'm just going to I'm gonna say that there's not really anything here. It seems like they're suggesting somebody here is too low IQ for the debate. I mean, you just spent $2 to not have your question really asked, so that's fine. Uh, Wits it gets it, $4.99. So to clarify a kill, you admittedly do not understand any of the science, yet you know you are correct because of your blind belief in authority. No, I do understand some of the science. But see, there's, like I was saying, I don't, I don't think you're understanding what's it. So if I'm not a surgeon, right, I can understand what surgery is, how it works, all that sort of stuff, enough to get on with, get on with my life. I have other things to do. I have work to go to. 
right? So why in the world would I need to know about scalpel density? And why would I need to know about the difference between sutures and all this sort of nonsense? I wouldn't because it's not pertinent to my life. That's why I asked the flat earthers, what exactly does this mission get you? What exactly, okay, let's put it this way, Witsit. You, you, you've been doing this for a while, right? You're, you're one of the main people out there. You, everybody's, you, as a collective, you've got a lot of hours Go ahead. Go ahead. and you've got a lot of stuff that you've been doing, right? So what have you accomplished? You've done a lot of stuff. What have you tangibly accomplished in all of this? Outside of being able to bring up some obscure science in some old book or something like that. Well, I would like this to just, I don't, I don't want to cut you off there, Akil, but um, just where it is a question from one of our debaters that uh, is on modern day debate quite often. And uh, you know, I quite like Witsit actually, you know, he's, he's, he's quite, yeah, I don't have a problem um, with Witsit either. But uh, yeah, I was going to say, just to try to make sure that we're addressing the question and not uh, attacking someone's character or anything like that. Um, or, or, you know, on the cusp just because uh, he's not really here to defend himself. And I'm sure if he, you know, if we want to arrange something where you can talk to Witsit, I'm sure then uh, then we can have that moment. But uh, for now, we're going to try to stick to the uh, the questions being asked. Uh, LJ, we'll continue on if you don't mind. LJ, for $1.99, explain why YouTube in real footage of space shows CGI. YouTube in. Cool. Anybody? I used to okay, work in like video, there was a and it's pretty common to alter what you're starting out with, namely optimizing brightness, contrast, color saturation, so that we can see it as good as possible. A lot of uh, astronomical images have artificial color. We don't consider those artificial, though, or to help us in our terrible sensory apparatus that isn't all that reliable systemically. All right. Any thoughts, anybody else? Or do you want to move on? All righty. Let's, uh, let's kick it on to the next one here. Let me just scroll on down. The science of science for $5. Akil does not think you should not seek to understand your own reality. I think you might have injected an extra word there. Akil does not think you should seek to understand your own reality. That makes sense as a question. So it's more of, well, I shouldn't say as a question. It's more of a statement once again. So if you want to respond to it, you can. Okay, and I'll, I'll try to be a little less combative. Sorry I um, offended anyone. So um, I do believe that. But what, I've, what, what I believe is that we have more important work to do. This is, this is what I believe. I believe we have more important work to do. Because if I was telling the truth, and if I'm correct about the 70 different space agencies and the independent space agencies and SpaceX and us being able to go back to the moon in 2024, that's more important than, hey, but are you sure that the rockets don't 
just go and land off on the other side of the earth? Like, come on, like we have more important things to do. Now, if they're actually on the ISS doing experiments and, and on cancer and HIV and things like this, that's way more important than I believe than what I've heard so far. I don't, hopefully I'm not attacking anyone. But what I'm just saying is, this is why I keep asking, what are the accomplishments? Did you guys want to respond to that while you're here or did you want to carry on from there? You're, oh, muted, Alan, you're on mute. I think what he's trying to ask though is, uh, you know, what, what, if there's like an underlying goal or something, uh, that, uh, I, I guess that's kind of what you're after, um, with that question. So, um, is there any like underlying goal, like something that hasn't been discussed, you know, yet tonight as to, uh, his question? I just want the truth. We just want the truth, baby. All right. That's what Troubling Tribune's saying. Uh, what about you, Alan? Uh, did you want to respond to that? Um, or did you want to carry on with the soup chats? Let's roll. Roll on. All righty. Excellent. Uh, Manga Fan Dan, $5. A slight tilt of the axis is the difference between 100 degrees and zero degrees. Uh, whether... Uh, so that would be, uh, I think he's saying Fahrenheit. Whether, uh, how didn't Neil Armstrong freeze when the moon was on the other side of the earth? Any thoughts? I think that might be towards Eugen uh, or uh, Akil. This isn't directly related to the topic, but uh, I guess theoretically it would be a spacesuit. All right, excellent. Uh, yeah, I was to say it wasn't entirely, uh, you know, maybe maybe save that one for when we have like a, a moon host debate. You know, that's always that's always fun and on the dockets. But right now, I'm trying to do uh, an "Is NASA lying to us?" debate is what I'm trying to uh, organize. So um, stay tuned for that. LJ four ninety nine. Even my dog knows the moon landing was fake. We are stationary. <laughs> Back to the. Didn't I just say? Uh, we are stationary. There we go. We're back to the topic, maybe. We are stationary. The sun and moon are lights rotating around us. What will it take for you Globies to wake up? Um, thoughts on that? You have to explain to me how that's a more metaphysically parsimonious solution to my thing, which doesn't involve any magical thinking or especially putting us, uh, ascribing some special position to us in the universe. All right. For me, it would take accomplishments. It would take it would take all of this wealth of knowledge that you've gathered and do something with it. Not just ask questions and expand your thinking and things like this and put together slideshows. It would take you doing something with that, something worthwhile. Can you cure cancer? Can you help with HIV research? Can you help feed people around the around the world, or I don't know, put satellites around in the orbit of the flat Earth? Can you do these things, the things that help us down here? Then, yeah, um, that would that's what it would take for me to believe. What if I could calculate the trajectory of an ICBM? Yes, but can, 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 so it can't be done on the globe Earth. It can only be done on the flat Earth. 
It's literally the equation. It assumes a flat non-rotating Earth. They assume a flight path of a parable over a flight uh, over mm -hmm. a flat plane. So yeah. So I'm gonna look that up, and then I'm I, gonna come back to you with an answer. I have it pulled up. And yes, yes. And if you can do that, absolutely. So there, there's one. Perfect. Alrighty. Oh, well, let's continue on from there. And it looks like we have a super chat from Big Bad Mama, who was actually the first super chat I ever read on any of the streams that I'd hosted. So glad to see you're here. Big Bad Mama for $2. Flat Earthers, what was your religious upbringing? Once again, it's off topic. So uh, if you want to just, you know, we can skip it. Or if you want to, uh, you know, tell us uh, if you had a religious upbringing or not, that's up to you. I had nuns whipping my hands as I was growing up and told me that if I had to write with my right hand, I couldn't write with my left, and that uh, Jesus was the only way to salvation. I'm just kidding. I didn't have a religious uh, upbringing at all, really. Um, my parents were always working, you know, trying to do the right thing. So I kind of found uh, any type of religion later in life and then learned to disagree with it. So I don't like using religious uh, books or religious context to try to argue uh, for this particular topic. Otherwise, I would have just brought up how all the other religions and cultures throughout uh, history actually thought that we were a flat and closed system. Um, any thoughts on your side there, Alan, or do you want to carry on? Carry on. All right. Yeah. Once again, it's off topic and it's kind of personal. So, yeah, it's totally up to you if you want to answer these questions uh, that aren't related to the flat earth or the globe um, uh, uh, model there. So uh, what Wits gets it? Four ninety nine. Jen doesn't have the globe model. See, that was right in my right in my vision as I was saying that Jen doesn't have the globe model invokes sensory evidence all the time such as every celestial observation and the illusion that the earth is in the center. That's for you, Jen. What do you think of that? Well, well, I mean, I'm not making the claim that we can get around my independence. So I'm asserting that my independence is a necessity. And that's what I've been trying to get back to during the debate is, well, if my independence throws this thing into the mix where we, we're not sure how we can divide ourselves out of the reasoning. Well, in spite of that, what makes sense to proceed with uh, further in terms of a line of inquiry in spite of not perfect sensory apparatus? And that's something called logic or metaphysics. And that's a central part of physics that allows us to know things with a level of certainty that we can't know with our senses because they're only evolved to be accurate in certain ways. That's why w whether it's a fallacy to use something in your perception as evidence is actually a very important philosophical concept. So I'm really glad we got at least a little bit of a chance to delve into that thing. Oh, there we go. Hit my little preamp button there. Let's carry on from there. And you know what? If you're hanging out, you're watching this right now, and you like what you're seeing, Super Smash Bros, the like button, everybody, because that's what we like to see. Uh, we got, you know, 636 watching right now. Let's see if we can get uh, as many likes as we have people watching. That would be sick. Oh, let's carry on. Um, let me just scroll up here. It'll just take a little bit of scrolling up, everybody. 
Just have to wait a second here. Congo, 44, $10. Question for the flat people. Please explain the sunset. Please don't say perspective. The sun does not change angular size as it sets. So what is happening? So explain sunsets, but don't explain the mechanism behind sunsets. Got it. Alan, go ahead. You were muted. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll pull up a video on it. If you want to go to the next question, I'll just share screen when it's up and you can watch all yeah. of the sunsets. Yeah, you can pull that up and I'll just explain again. Sure. It was in my opening uh, presentation, right? The sun uh, merges into itself when you don't have any obstruction, right? So that's just what we observe when you don't have the trees, mountains, hills and stuff in the way. And uh, you can't really get around that. Plus, the horizon is always changing its location. So, like, why is the sun setting at a uh, potentially different location, you know, based on the conditions of the day, right? And also, why do you claim it doesn't change angular size? It objectively does uh, slightly throughout the day, albeit very, very small. And then it also does throughout the year, admittedly, in the mainstream globe Earth model. We've actually taken a video of the sun with a solar filter and counted the pixels and proved out definitively that it does, in fact, change in angular size by a small bit. As far as why it doesn't form a little pinpoint, that's because it is above you. We actually have a demonstration when objects are above you or below you, your field, because due to your field of view, the angular size does not change nearly as one much. And almost, We can't see your screen share yet, so just hold on a second. Oh, keep talking. Okay. Sorry about it that. It almost does the, uh, it almost, uh, man, I lost my change of thought now. <laughs> so sorry. Okay, I just was looking so the, uh, before you played. I remember now the uh, angular size doesn't change uh, barely at all when you're looking at it above or below you. So uh, thanks, Dave, from deep inside the rabbit hole for that. Sorry to interrupt you there, uh, Troubling Tribune. I didn't mean to cause you to lose your thought there. But yes, you are screen sharing now there, Alan, so... Uh, yeah, so right here, right here, we're watching a flashlight set on a warehouse floor that's completely level as the observer, but just backs away, keeping at the same elevation angle. The camera is pretty close to the floor. What's as happening? You can see here, it starts to merge into the floor. Oh, there you go. You, you can do it, Tribune. Oh, no, you're fine. It's your video. Oh, it's it's uh, Zach's video. But, uh, yeah, there we're, we're watching the sunset. So... This, you know, we should see it infinitely and see from New York to England or whatever. But, you know, in a warehouse, you can't even do it. So yeah, as, as, you, as you get further away, it just, you know. There's something called Riley's criterion. And that's basically what we're seeing here. The light is diffusing um, and we're actually seeing the right. Uh, what is it? Angle of incidence where the light is traveling at just the right angle to reflect the floor. And you'll see this at the beach all the time. Funny thing is, if you try to take a theodolite measurement to the horizon, uh, you will mistakenly uh, think that the false horizon, the dark line of the water, is the actual horizon. You will miss the reflection entirely unless you have a boat or some birds or something there to show you that it's reflecting. Thoughts on the other side? Um, I, I work in warehouses a lot. Um, was the warehouse floor level? Because I've never seen a warehouse floor that's level, ever. Yeah. Pretty yeah, close, sure but not not level. Sure was. Doesn't the claim, this mean anyway, that the sun is getting really far away as it's setting? It is, but remember, the claim also is that uh, that the setting itself is only possible due to the geometry of it, right? And it is known, right, that the flashlight is obviously above the level of the camera. You can see from earlier on as it moves back, it appears to sink below it. This flies in the face of all the surveyors that say that 
the dipping on the horizon is proof of the curvature. Oh, those those videos are CGI. All right. So well, you agree uh, the sun has to get really far away then when it sets. Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. All right, let's end the screen share there because we're just looking at a pylon now. Oh, my bad. I apologize. I'm, I'm done. That's all right. I keep all assuming right, that it's going to end automatically somehow, and I'm not in charge of it, but it's me. My bad. <laughs> I only got the one screen now, and actually, I think somebody else's uh, uh, screen share and Zoom is like three steps, so it's a it's right. not, yeah, uh, you're straight, not right. a quick thing, and everybody can see it too, so uh, it's nope, easier gotcha. just to ask. But anyways, Absolutely. thank you so much, and uh, thanks everybody for uh, chiming in there. Um, let's continue on, and uh, I think I have a question coming up here. I was reading one. Let's see. Yeah, there's quite a few guys as I scroll up here. My, my, my finger's going to be tired from all this scrolling, I tell you. All right. So, brutally honest for 11 euros. Question for flat earthers. One, if Earth is flat, what's on the other side? Well, brutally honest, I'll be brutally honest. We answered that question already, so let's move to two. If Earth is flat, would that mean that there's an end or an edge? Any thoughts there, Troubling Tribune or Alan? Sure. If there's an edge, then it would be in the area that we're not able to freely and uh, adequately explore without the government holding our hand and keeping us in specific areas and safe zones um, for our own protection, of course, because Antarctica is so dangerous. Um, but that is also assuming that there even is an edge, right? We could just be the bottom of the universe. Um, this could be all that there is, right? And would you say that there's an edge to that? Uh, not so sure. I could easily just turn the question around and say, where's the edge to the universe, right? Any thoughts over there, Alan? Nope, let's continue. All right. Uh, continuing on with the question here from Brutally Honest. Um, says this, uh, sorry, would mean that there's an edge. This flat clump of Earth agreed. I'm not sure what they mean by that believe moon and so yeah the only other part of their question here they're asking do you believe that the moon or other planets are flat as well i don't believe they're physical objects i don't believe they have any correlation to what's on the ground and to assume that they do is fallacious and proof that you're indoctrinated into a story all right excellent well, let's uh, try to continue on there, everybody, and uh, keep your super chats coming in. And I'm going to stop trying to hit the uh, YouTube button when I'm trying to hit the top chat here because uh, that reloads everything and then it makes it hard for me to get back to the uh, the questions. That's my bad. Uh, so let's continue on. And uh, like I said, hit the like, everybody. Share this out in your contentious spaces. Uh, we love a good debate over here at Modern Day Debate. Alex for $5. Still no unified model of day and night and seasons i see thoughts on the flat earth side sorry was it a question about the seasons yeah i think they're asking about having a model for day night and seasons yeah, they must have yeah they must be super late to the debate no offense um, so, yeah, on the flat Earth uh, cosmology, if you will, we have a smaller and more local sun. It navigates between the uh, 
Capricorn, sorry, the um, brain farting on the word, the uh, Capricorn and um, Tropic. The yeah, the tropics. Sorry, total brain fart moment there. Yeah, it goes between the two tropics uh, throughout the year. This is uh, this is obvious when you look at the analema, and which gives us the small loop for the smaller uh, northern uh, circle, and then the bigger loop for the wider southern uh, hemispheric circle, if that's what you want to call it. And yeah, the relative positioning of the sun over the earth and how much sunlight it gets uh, for its angle is what determines the season. So it's pretty much the same explanation that the globe Earth has. It's just different scale. Yeah, the Walter Bislin model like will help you, you know, visually see it perfectly. So. Alrighty. Well, let's continue on from there. And thank you uh, for your super chat there. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's keep these. Try to keep them in order here. Uh, Wits gets it. It was back again for four ninety nine. If you are flying in a convex path over a globe then the stars must shift up one degree degree every 69 miles this is basic geometry why doesn't it happen oh we're going right for it everybody right into the screen share warn a fella all right there we go oh that was to the older question sorry i was looking for that oh about the uh the seasons oh so the, yes. yeah, the sun just moves over top of us. It's you know, pretty straightforward. Sorry, I thought I didn't know who was screen sharing at the at, at that moment. So I thought uh, I thought gotcha. somebody who was answering the question there was uh, screen sharing. So yeah, um, th th this is from Witsit. So naturally, it's for the globe side. Uh, he's asking about if you're flying in a convex path over a globe, then the stars must shift up one degree every sixty nine miles. This is basic geometry. Why doesn't it happen? I think this has been brought up before a few times. I'm not familiar with this, so if it's possible to get a link to this research and then I can look it over and acknowledge it, because I'd really be guessing with regards to interpreting it as to what the effect is, and I think that would be a bit irresponsible. Send you a link. Oh, thanks. Did you an email or just a private chat here? Zoom chat. Thank you. I'll check it out. All right, excellent. Uh, Witsit gets it again, four ninety nine. Please address the fact that the plane shows the stars did not change position forty three degrees as geometrically and necessitated by the globe model. Or game over. Any thoughts there? So, Witsit gets it is asking. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, not even an attempt to explain what could be happening there if it's if we are, in fact, on a globe. Not for me. It's Winston. I'm not allowed. <laughs> it's Winston. I'm not. No, you could talk. You can answer the question all you want. Uh, that's fine. Uh, I, I, you know, like I said, I'd like to like to arrange uh, something if we were going to talk about Witsit himself. But uh, the question was, please address the fact the plane shows the stars did not change position 43 degrees as geometrically necessitated by the globe model what's he referring to the plane um observation that i brought up in the beginning of the show <clears throat> uh, i'll look back at that all 
right, excellent. Let's uh, let's carry on here because we do uh, still have quite a few super chats. Cat, what are you doing? Get out of here. All right, Rick Wright, $5. Akil, other than religious pictures, do you have one proof of a ball earth? Um, many, yeah. Um, so we have, did you say other than religious pictures? Other than pictures. Uh, oh, other than pictures. So we have the um, Himawari satellite that's uh, on a constant stream that you can look up right now. Um, Elon Musk launched a, a Tesla into space, didn't he? And uh, you're able to see the Earth from there. Um, those aren't pictures, right? Um, so we went to the moon. I guess that's a pretty good one, right? We were able to see the Earth from the moon. Um, there's more than just pictures when you look into that. So I'm not sure if he's saying that all images are incorrect, um, which is weird because we've been shown a lot of images in video and pictures um, from the flat Earth side. So I, I say that uh, why not just accept the ones that are showing us the Earth is round from space? Oh, well, I do apologize. They did say religious, but um, I don't think it was very pertinent to your. I, I think uh, I think what they're trying to say. I think it's a dig. I think they're trying to say it's religious pictures. It's religious to believe in the Earth being round. So any pictures would be part of my religion, so to speak. I guess. Right, and I'm a Christian. Alrighty. Uh, Flanker for $20, I am an astrophotographer and I take pictures of galaxies, planets, and the sun regularly. I can see the planet as spherical without a doubt. Sun also rotates and spherical with filter. Am I lying? No, you're just incorrect. <gasps> Spicy. Spicy, spicy. Anything uh, on your side there, Alan? Any thoughts for that? Negative. Let's continue. All right. Jerry Haldefelt, uh, 100 knock. I'm not sure what that is. Flat earthers, why do the stars viewed from the northern hemispheres appear to rotate counterclockwise and the stars from the southern hemisphere appear to rotate clockwise? It's a different optical convergence point. Any thoughts over there, Alan, or do you want to carry on? Yeah, I'll find a video showing a model of it, but basically what he just said, I'll find those the video to supplement that claim so you can see a visual representation of it because it's easier to see it than it is to explain it. All right, well, you look that up. Let's carry on. Oreen Calque for $2 verifying Polaris at 432 light years ago. Uh, Earth equals religion. Um, not sure if there's much of a question there, but thank you for the $2. One mic debates for $2. A kill. Should flat earth be censored? If so, why? Absolutely not. I don't believe in censorship um, of, of people's ideas. So this is why I was asking the questions that I was asking. I was, I was saying, what if you're wrong about this? Then what? I was also saying, what is this leading to? What's the end? So I don't think that they should be censored at all. I think that I, I, it's admirable for people to try to find out answers. What I'm saying is 
you if, if you have uh, if you have all these answers up to today from the past till now you're standing on the shoulders of those giants in the in your next answers and in your further research this is how and this is how all research works this is how all science works so i i don't think it should be censored at all i think that it should be um enjoyed by the people who enjoy it all right. Uh, I think Alan's going back to our question here from before. So thank you so much for uh, for your super chat. And thank you, Akil, for answering the super chat there. So going back, uh, Alan wants to answer the uh, the question from before there. So we'll just refresh what that was. Uh, the question was, do-do-do, um, flat earthers, why, yeah, the northern hemisphere versus the southern hemisphere, just to remind our audience. So this is what... Uh, what uh, we'll be addressing here. So Alan, the floor is all yours. Yeah. So it's perspective and what uh, Tribune said about the counter convergence point. So I'll show the anti-capuscular ray uh, video here after this plays out, but uh, there's no issue here. It's literally just a perspective thing. While this plays out, you can continue with the next question if you want. Like these are just videos to follow up on it or follow up on the all first. Right. They're not going to have right, an answer. Excellent. So, well, I mean, yeah, if they, if, I was going to say, if Jen or uh, Akil want to uh, respond to what you said there, that's, it's up to them. Or if you want yeah, to, yeah, that doesn't, does I not just find it a little funny that they have the video has to invoke a sphere shape to make its point. But yeah, that's all I had to say. Spherical vision, of course, it invokes a sphere. All right. Well, that that like the screen all... share, if you don't mind. Just What's real up? quick, that's yeah. kind of like the whole crux of like the misunderstanding, right? Is that, um, we're not saying that there's not spherical geometry at play. You're simply saying that it's the ground that we're standing on. We're saying it's the vision of which we're perceiving everything through. That's very well said. All righty. Uh, well, let's move on from there. Um, Unless you guys had any other thoughts about that, uh, we'll uh, carry on with our super chats if you want to end the screen share there. And uh... Yeah, this right here, just so people understand the importance of what's happening, this is the verification of what we're talking about when we say we, we see in a sphere, in a dome around us. Because we literally have, these light rays are supposedly coming in parallel. You can see the picture right here where they diverge and then converge back. This is literally the dome of vision manifested thanks to solid beams of light. All righty. Well, let's carry on from there. What a curve, or sorry, what underscore curve? 4.99. Akil claims NASA technology has gotten better, but they haven't been to the moon in over 50 years. How long until you figure out they never went? All right, uh, this is an odd topic, but we'll give it 30, you know, 30 seconds over to you, Akil, uh, exclusive here. Um, yeah, it claims that yeah the technology has gotten better. Why haven't we been to the moon in over fifty years? Uh, that's what they're that's, asking. That's, so. that's that's a really good question. So we'll answer that next year. All righty. Well, that was our first super chat from what occurred or what underscore curve. Sorry. So uh, thank you for that. What underscore curve? 
and uh, we'll continue on from there. Rashad JD92, and I'm sorry if I'm I'm hurrying along with some of the super chats, guys. We do have quite a few of them, and our our, our speakers only did consent to be here for so long, so we do want to try to uh, stay within some of the bounds of. Uh, respect here for their time um but you know this is interesting we're having fun so keep them coming if you got them but we're gonna try to uh, get through them so rashad jd92 499 kill. stop debating with your feelings and emotions and actually rebut anything tribune and alan has said tonight um not really a question but thank you for your first super chat um I mean, you you, you can kind of answer. Do you do you think you've been debating from feelings and emotions tonight? Uh, no, I've been not debating from feelings and emotions because I've said we have done these things. I didn't say I think we have. I say we have done these things. So I'm claiming to know. I'm claim. I'm saying I in the affirmative that yes, we did these things, and yes, we're still doing these things. And next year, we're going back to the moon. And if we go back to the moon next year, the per, the, the people the people that are giving the super chats, they're not going to say, oh, man, I, it's over with. We went there. They're going to ask, well, why? what about this and what about that? That's what's going to happen. It's not like we could give you any proof that's going to get you out of what you're believing. That's why the numbers didn't change in the very end. Jen gave a very strong showing of all the information that we needed to say on our side, uh, I believe. I was appealing to something else. I was trying to talk to your feelings and emotions. Alrighty, well, let's carry on there. And I'm so sorry, Jen, now that we haven't had too many questions for you yet, um, but feel free to jump in anytime. Uh, you know, if you hear something and you're like, mm. I kind of have thoughts on that. Uh, Valerie St. Mary for four ninety nine. Akil, do you assert that dangerous opinions should be censored? We kind of already had that question, but you have a follow-up. If so, would that censorship qualify as un-American? So I think they're hitting you up on no, the free speech I, I don't argument think that, there. Yeah, I, I believe in free speech. So I don't believe that dangerous opinions should be, um, should be censored because how do who's going to be the judge of the danger now if someone is saying hey you actively do this and then someone does it and it's a danger then we handle that through the legal process at the end i don't think that um what people say should be censored no all right Run Boston Bear, $10. Does the fact that the stars did not change 43 degrees like the globe predicts prove the sky is parallel to the Earth? Let's kick it over to you, Jen. Is that actually for us, though? I think it is. So um, does, doesn't the fact that the stars did not change 43 degrees like the globe predicts prove that the sky is parallel to the Earth? I'm just not going to take any questions on this uh, experiment because I haven't seen it. And I, I don't understand it well enough to give an opinion. I feel like it would be imprudent. Sorry. That's fine. You know, you're being honest if you don't uh, have an answer for that uh, super chat. But, you know, uh, Jen says she's going to look into that. Uh, did you have uh, an answer for our super chatter here tonight, Kill, on the uh, the 43 degrees that they're saying here? Uh, or did you want no. to move on? No, that, that was uh, what I said previously. I, I'm going to have to look at whatever they're pointing to. 
um, and and study it. I, no. All right. Well, so sorry about that, uh, Run Boston Bear. Uh, about uh, both of our uh, speakers said that they will look into it, and uh, maybe next time we host them, uh, we'll have a an answer for you there, an explanation. Uh, so uh, stay tuned. David, five dollars. Do the Globies not find the Antarctic Treaty suspect? All these countries are at odds, but all agree that no one can freely or independently explore it. Uh, so, Jen, uh, thoughts over there? Oh, I could see how you'd think it was suspicious, but I don't think that that then implies that we should be skeptical about the reported shape of the planet. It could be any number of things, and I think just sort of phenomenally conservatively can pretty much chalk it up to uh, military security. They want to limit how many planes can make that journey. So feel free to disagree with that, but I, you'd have to make a few more arguments uh, before can't, before restrictions on Antarctic flights, therefore Earth flat. Well, it looks like Troubling Tribune has some thoughts there. So uh, Troubling Tribune, uh, you look like you have something to say there if uh, you want to chime in. I was actually, I had something in the background going on that I uh, almost messed up on and almost caused a horrible echo and ruined the show, so... Oh, well, I, you didn't ruin anything over here as far as I know, so uh, all's good. I just saw you had a smile on your face, and I was like, okay, I think he wants to engage with this here. So uh, let's carry on then. Nominal for $5. Thank you so much for your super chat. And also thank you, David, uh, and everybody else who's put in a super chat if I forgot to say thank you. Does the globe side have proof of dark matter, or is it more of a faith thing? I'll go ahead and admit that there's very limited evidence for dark matter, but then I would say that not everything can be evidence. Something has to ground your evidence. So if we're looking at a panpsychist model, you can't prove consciousness because consciousness is everything. So it's impossible to get outside of it materially. I'm not saying it's the same uh, argument. I just want to give an example. It's a complicated question, but I hope that's at least uh, gives you a small taste of the answer. All right. Any thoughts over there, Akil? No. All right. Well, we'll carry on from there. The Union Ranger for $5. Thank you so much for your super chat. For Flat Earth, all you have is mythology. And hearsay, you have nothing to prove the Flat Earth. Wake up and accept reality. Well, that's not very kind on the end there. Um, but the one thing that maybe we could get extracted from that is... Uh, he's he's declaring that all you have is mythology. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm wondering if he can even define what mythology is, considering that I presented at least two valid observations uh, to um, scrutinize. Right? You don't. We don't have to rely on mythology or old stories. In fact, the only side that has invoked uh, history and uh, all of science as a some sort of proof of their claim would be the globe side. Any thoughts there, Alan? I agree with Tribune. Let's move forward. All right. Uh, Richie Constitution for $5. Back to UTT. I'm telling you, we do use the Earth's curvature in the equation, and it works. Why would I lie? What do I have to gain? I mean, in this moment right here, clout at least. 
not saying that you're uh, incorrect. I'm just asking for you to present the evidence, right? It's since you're able to type it, right? And you know it, just type the equation into the chat, into the question and have me address it. Make sure to super chat the equation though, so we can double dip on the, on the money. Like we're not answering it for free guys. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Our moderator stepped away. Pandemonium. Did he? All right. How about that dead awkward silence, boys? All right, let's carry on. Welcome back. So, (laughs) welcome back. You guys didn't tear each other's head off. That's great. I was going to say, I I was expecting to come back and it would just be a raw fest. No, you guys have been great tonight, honestly. Everybody's been fantastic. So, uh, appreciate everybody coming out. And we're getting near the end of our super chats. So, uh, we'll get through the rest of these. Nominal $5 a kill. If the globe is reality, why would you use a fake picture of it as your background? Because, because um, I like art. I'm an artist, so I like cool things. Um, I play Destiny 2 a lot. None of those um none of those planets are real you know why would i even travel to them if if the earth is reality this is a, a non sequitur um there are pictures of the earth okay all righty well let's carry on from there and yeah at this point we've got over 1400 votes in our poll so keep those coming in keep hitting that like button uh, as we are winding down on the last of our super chats, everybody. Uh, so uh, let's keep it going. Uh, so, oh, sorry, I uh, lost that there. Wit Twit says for four ninety nine. Question for the Globe Earthers: What was your religious upbringing? Uh, personal question, off topic, so you can pass or answer if you'd like. I was raised Catholic. All right. Um, Christian, and I was a pastor for 10 years. All righty. Well, let's carry on, and thank you for answering that question. Matt, for $2. Um, once again, I'm not sure what this means, and sometimes I'm curious if I'm, I'm saying things that are off-brand. So, Matt, once again, uh, wasn't your last Super Chat about IQ or something like that? You just spent $2 again to ask no question? That sucks. Awesome loss and awesome loss and clips for five dollars. Tribune show the airplane footage time lapse from Taboo again, please, and explain. Maybe ask Jen to open her eyes. Okay, well the last of that's a little bit spicy, but um, was there a mis a miscommunication with the air the airplane footage time lapse that you'd shown? I guess that would be a question for you guys. I mean, I, I felt like I've made my position pretty clear. I, I just didn't see it. it. So I think it must have just flown by too quickly for me. If you want, I this can, is the I one can. I was saying I, I would like to see again. Let's do that. Um, let's bring that up if you All right. want. V- videos up, boys. All right, here we go. Okay, skip to, skip to the relevant I'll part. Wait on it.
I'm not sure if we're able to hear you. Are you trying to? Oh, one sec. I don't think I shared the audio properly. That's okay. Uh, you don't really need the audio. Yeah, true. Audio. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, basically what he's saying here, it's a 6,000-mile flight. The recording is for 3,000 miles. So the section we're going to be looking at is between here and here. And then this is video footage of the plane in route. So these two stars here are going to serve as our reference stars. So as the plane travels 6,000 miles, 3,000 in the case of the footage, these two stars should be displaced by 43 degrees. Every 69 degrees, there's a change in the elevation angle, you know, necessitated by the globe. That's how, uh, you know, celestial navigation works on the globe. Like this is where the relevance is coming to or coming from in terms of, uh, you know, the, so you know how you saw the celestial sphere model earlier and you said they have to be a celestial sphere. I find it funny or whatever. Well, so if the celestial sphere model, celestial sphere model was truly a sphere, these two stars here, uh, as this plane moves towards them and is going down the globe, they should be displaced upwards and there should be new stars beneath them. But what actually happens is these two stars right here just move to the right. And this is consistent. And this is consistent with the model that Tribune was showing um, where there's, you know, a plane of, of stars above us. And we see in curved visual space, as noted by the crepuscular and anticrepuscular rays, this is forming what we see uh, in space. So we see in this curved dome. So everything we see uh, is in relation to that. Now, if the Earth were actually curved and this plane was traveling, you know, along the curvature of the Earth over 6,000 miles, um, you know, that would have to be accounted for. And like I said, the displacement of the stars would be would would show that uh, corresponded 60 or would correspond to that displacement 69 degrees to the mile. So we're going to continue with the I'll just play it fast um, and we'll just yes. see that the stars do not go under the horizon. They don't go under you. They go to the side and there's no. Um, there's no, or I'm sorry, they don't they don't rise up correctly the way that they should on the globe. This is such a death uh, let's blow. Try to get to the, uh, let's try to get to the video here. Let's see what you got here. This completely flies in the face of the globe Earth geometry. Thoughts over there, Jen, um, and and Akil, um, while we are looking at this. I don't have the greatest uh, geometric intuition, so I probably need more than like 30 seconds to familiarize myself with this idea. This is really the first time I've had a chance to see it, but I look forward to uh, seeing what this is all about. You can do the reverse of it if you put a Sharpie, mark it on a ball, and turn the ball. You'll notice that the Sharpie turns in relation with the ball. So that's exactly what we're doing here, only it's like you've got your marker well up, right? We have the stars. And Google Earth shows us exactly what should happen. That's the part that's about to play next. I mean, this is not just us claiming what should happen on the globe. This is what mathematically is necessitated. And this is also what Google Earth tells us should happen. But it doesn't. So so let me just ask you, so how do you know the speed of the plane? The speed's irrelevant. So... You, you said that the stars should be doing one thing, but they're doing something else, right? Are you looking from outside of the, you're looking from outside the plane window? No, inside. Then, the model then, of what should happen. Where are you looking from? That's like inside the cockpit. Inside the cockpit of the plane. So the, the plane's flying straight and you're looking from inside the cockpit? Yep. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to have to take a look at this because the, you can see in the in the very bottom, um, 
this plane at the very bottom is isn't staying straight. So I'm not able to my 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 eyes are not able to fix on like what's there's actually slight, happening there. Yeah, there's a slight correction where they have to adjust their heading. Um, that is noted, but again, the whole flight path is is outlined right there. So again, you do see the stars shift, and this is the thing that's even more damning for the globe, right? If you because it's when the plane actually shifts its heading, you can actually see the stars shift. But one thing that you don't see, even though they're not ever going due west, right? That, the only way that this would work on a globe is if they were going due west from east because that's the exact direction of the star rotation, right? And then, even then, they would have to be going at the exact speed as the relative star rotation over the Earth. That's another whammy that is very improbable. So this is not what's happening. So, guys, um, I am capable of debating these topics. I know that I didn't do that proficiently. That wasn't my goal tonight. <laughs> but... So what I'm going to do is I got to take a look into this and I promise you I'll do my homework and I will find out some information and I will find some way to get that to you. People in the chat are saying there's no sound. Yep, I just about Buggers, there's no sound. Ah, oh, see, that's the worst. Isn't that the worst, everybody? Now I got to explain all that again. And it's just it's nonsense about me, you see, because Angel Quiles asked me, uh, Ryan, plug your music channel. And I went monologuing on the mute. That's because I had to step out for a second there and tell that cat to mess off. Uh, so, yeah, if uh, if you're hearing any of the music on Modern Day Debate that's made between me and my buddy Josh, um, that's uh, Cosmic Breach. Uh, you can still find us on Facebook. I think he's doing our TikTok thing as well, and we got lots of clips there. Um, but uh, majoritively, it's just a Facebook thing, and I've got uh, something pretty shreddy. I'm gonna close the show the show out with. So, um, yeah, don't mind me and my mute button. It had to happen once. It had to happen once, everybody. Uh, so, uh, it, I wouldn't be on brand if it didn't happen at least one time. And my other main group is like a Led Zeppelin Judas Priest cover group, which is called Light and Shade, which you can find on Facebook. So if you want to like see a, a fairly decent version of me screaming Stairway to Heaven, the forbidden Guitar Center song, uh, go check that out. So that's all the plugging I'm going to do now that I'm not on mute. And uh, now you can go see how loud I can be elsewhere. Run Boston Bear for $10. Troubling and Alan, you were globe believers before, correct? Have you found freedom and peace coming out from under the globe deception? Make sure I'm not muted. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. make sure you're not muted. That's that's the pro measure right there. So, uh, yeah, uh, Alan's it's back funny. now. So I'm going to re-ask the question. As if we were muted. Hey, Alan, can you hear us? Yes, sir. Sorry about that. My internet went out. Ah, it's okay. That happens to the best of us. And uh, I definitely don't claim to be anything but the uh, most mediocre uh, myself. So, you know, it, it could certainly happen <laughs> to anybody. So the question we have from Run Boston Bear, Troubling and Alan, you were globe believers before, correct? Have you found freedom and peace coming out from under the globe deception? Yeah, so what led me to, you know, disavowing the globe was the lack of evidence upon further investigation. So, uh, you know, like things like this star trail that have been presented here, there were other things, you know, that, that I came across that weren't answerable. 
uh, or, or that didn't provide a sufficient evidence in terms of being actual proof of the globe, not something that could work either way, or something that upon further investigation reveals that it doesn't actually work on a globe or, uh, or anything like that. So, you know, there, it's, it's, the, it's the lack of evidence for the, for, the, for the globe, the positive claim, right? So me and Tribune showed up here with, uh, you know, evidence to falsify the current model. And the other two people, you know, showed up with not that, no evidence, and just talking about, you know, quote unquote, past achievements that nobody could verify, and all the evidence is deleted and all that. So it's not, uh, it's not really, it's not really comparable when you're, when you take it from an approach of assuming all this stuff is true and verified, and there's some scientific community out there took care of everything. Um, these people all believe in, you know, mathematics and, and stuff. And the, the, one of the big things that I found as of recent was that there's a huge break in covariance in terms of general and special relativity. And the, the non-addressing of this is what is allowing the, it's, that's facilitating the, uh, the propagation of space-time to continue on as if it's a true thing. So when they talk about, oh, we, we invoke this reference frame and that reference frame, well, to, to maintain the laws of physics and make sure that that's a valid equation and a valid presupposition to assert, the laws of physics have to maintain uh, or ha have to be invariant under transformations, right? So uh, that's that's a, that's a huge crux of it with GPS and the speed of light being shown to have a varying speed and all interferometry. It completely invalidates everything they say about uh, space space and space time and the merger of the two where they say that, you know, space and time actually contract and dilate and, you know, relative to how fast you're moving or how much gravitational uh, influence you're experiencing. And none of that is true at all because the two fundamental postulates that it's built on, all reference frames are equally valid and the speed of light is independent of the source or observer or the speed anyway. Uh, it has been falsified. So there's no justification to contract time or merge it with space and, and all that. It's it's complete nonsense. That's uh, it's an abstract concept that's been attributed to physicality so that they so that people can, uh, can you know, pretend. Yep, sure thing. I'm done. That was it. Oh, well, sweet. I was calling that pretty good. I was like, hey, it feels mm -hmm. like he's getting mm -hmm. near the end of his uh, of your thought there. So, um, yeah, we're getting near, like I said, the end of our Super Chats, but we're uh, – well, not really, but uh, we, we are going to try to keep uh, keep them rolling pretty quick here. So, uh, Congo, $44, $5. Flat Earthers heavily censored dissenting voices on their platforms. Reddit, Quran B, and Discord all ban people who don't parrot the Flat Earth. Uh, so, if you found that troubling Tribune um, and Alan that in your spaces um, that uh, people that don't agree are usually silenced in those places... Tell I'm you sorry, what, would, go ahead, Tribune, take that one. Yeah, on uh, on my debate channel, um, we censor the crap out of people. It's relentless. We make no uh, fuss about it. We make no bones, right? We censor the heck out of people who are using very nasty language, people who are character attacking, people who are spamming the chat, right? Just real bad annoyances that nobody wants to deal with. We will get rid of you, um, but we won't get rid of people who just disagree, no? Alrighty. Well, you heard it here, everybody. So uh, let's continue that on there. Uh, somebody said the cat was flat smacking me. Well, that's funny. I mean, he's he's got little beans for paws, so uh, be that as it may. So uh, let's carry on. Uh, 
Yeah, let's uh, let's throw another Woodson. Woodson had a few uh, questions here, so I'm going to throw a few <laughs> in, intermittently just to try to bleed them out. Woodson gets it for $1.99. Akil, can you define appeal to emotion? Yes, an appeal to emotion, and this is what I'm telling you I did. <laughs> it's where you try to say, hey, don't you feel that blank, 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 blank. And then the person on the other side is supposed to, if they reacted the way that I want them to react, they would say, wow, you know what? Yeah, I feel that. You know what? You're right. Because you made that point. Like, hey, don't you feel that it's it's anti-science or anti, you know, this or anti that? And then the other side would say, wow, yeah, you know what? You're right. That's what I was trying to do. I'm not I'm not making any bones about that. And if it's a fallacy, so what? <laughs> I don't care that that's a fallacy because that was my point. I was trying to use a fallacy. I thought that the other side would start to feel a little something like, you know what? Yeah, you know, yeah. That makes sense. Completely back. There you go, Widsit. We'll carry on from there. Congo, $44, $20. Question for Flats. So can you bring back the sun after the sunset with a telescope? If that's uh, what you think, why does it get dark? Well, that's going to be due to the attenuation of light. No, you can't bring the sun uh, set back up once it is completely and utterly set behind uh, any ability to bring that light to the lens, right? The uh, the lens cannot magnify what doesn't come to it. So hope that addresses that. All right. Any thoughts on the other side? Do you want to carry on? Um, I don't think that that does address it. But what, he's, what they're saying is the earth being flat, if the, if the sun, it doesn't matter how small it gets, if, it, if it's going into the into the distance, you how far are you saying that it has to be? Because telescopes should be able to bring it back. That's why they're not telling you, they're not asking about P9000s or P900s. They're asking you about telescopes. They're saying, hey, what about using a telescope? Why can't you bring it back? If the Earth is actually flat, you should be able to. Just and if not, where are you saying the sun is? Yeah, it just shows a complete lack of understanding in, in the way that light travels and how telescopes, binoculars, uh, glasses, how all this stuff actually works, right? You can only magnify light that actually hits the lens if for some reason, like via refraction or Riley's criteria where the light actually scatters and attunes, meaning the, the apnos actually absorbs the light, then that light particle or wave, however you want to look at it, is not going to get to the lens, will it? And if it doesn't get to the lens, it's not going to be magnified. And if that doesn't happen, you're going to erroneously assume that it's Earth curve. But you'll still see the stars. What about it? Do you not get this? Like It's a red herring. How in the world, how in the world, if you're looking out, let's say you just had a telescope and it's hitting out of my window right now and it's looking at the sun. And I follow the sun all the way down to where it sets. It's gone. I can't magnify. I can't go all the way in because you said refraction. And there's no way to do that because it's not hitting the lens. But you see the stars. 
No, you don't see the stars once they get down low to the horizon either, do you? They set as well. So, oh nice my try. god, dude. <laughs> okay, you know what? You know what I think you should do is I think yeah. you should have a video of a sunset right. where you can see stars there. Then, then, then you'll see what I'm talking about because I don't think that you're getting what I'm saying. Well, just like I didn't get what you were saying with your video, you don't get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. It just doesn't. Uh, it's not a proof of anything, right? You're trying to say that because the stars are so far away, you shouldn't be able to see them due to the attenuation or the dispersing of the light uh, through the Atmos. But the thing is, is that it's coming at a, a completely different field of view. It's not coming through the thick of the Atmos. It's coming from the sky where it's the thinnest, right? And that's the same in both of our paradigms that it's thinner up there. So, what mechanism would stop the starlight from getting to us if it's above us? Versus when it's low on the horizon and it has to go through all the muck and the trees and the houses and all that other good stuff. Alrighty, uh, into the break for four ninety nine. Uh, that's a bit of an ad hominem, my friends. So uh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to read your super chat this evening. We got lots of uh, super chats that are on topic, but we really appreciate your support. Uh, you know. But uh, try to keep it to the topic. Wisco Matt, $5. Troubling, can you explain what Einstein had to invoke in order to explain away the results of um, Michelson-Morley retraction, time, dilation, etc.? Not sure if I said although that I right. Can't, but, although uh, I can. Um, I would much rather if uh, Alan from Space Audits does it because he deals with this more directly than I do. So I feel like he'd be able to say it a little bit better. Yeah. So what did Einstein have to invoke? So the results gave, you know, they say a quote unquote, no, they're the, the friendship pattern that showed wasn't consistent with what they needed to say, you know, to experimentally verify that the, that the earth is moving around the sun. So Lorenz came along and he said, well, Hey, maybe, the, you know, there's still an ether, but it's compressing the apparatus. And, you know, he kind of, he kind of ad hoc came up with length contraction due to the apparatus moving through the ether and like that contracted it. So it gave a slight displacement, but the real overall takeaway from this slight displacement that caused the, uh, the AB friend shift pattern, not given full amount oh, was that uh, the speed of light is actually, and from that Einstein came along. I'm sorry, am I lagging? You are lagging a little bit, but it, it's kind of catching up with you. So if you speak just a little yeah, bit, I'll, slower, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll give it a sec. You. Yeah, I'll give it a sec. All right, well, let's we'll, we'll try to move on to our next. If that's all right, we'll move on to the next super chat. If uh, that's okay, sure. Essentially, right. just answer the question super duper quick. What did Einstein have to invoke to uh, explain away the Michelson Morley results? An entire new uh, physiological model, right? He had to invoke uh, special relativity, general relativity, and um, interchangeable reference frames as well as length contraction um, to explain away these results. All right, excellent. Yep. So let's move on to the next question here. And, uh, you know, you guys love this debate so much. I can tell in the live chat that you're loving it because you're asking so many questions. We're never going to be able to let these guys go if you guys keep this up. Um, you, you know, but we do really appreciate the uh, the questions. But also hit the like button, you know. Don't just uh, don't just hang out in the live chat. Hit the like button. We like that as well. Uh, the Luck Hunters coming back again for nine ninety nine says I sail and fly from Argentina to other places in the southern hemisphere. I know my speed over ground. Uh, jet stream excuse is nonsense, especially in a boat. Thoughts on that? How do you know your speed over the ground? 
Alrighty. Any thoughts from you, Alan, there? Or do you want to move on? Nope, let's continue on. I agree with your being. All right. Well, thank you, the Luck Hunters, for your super chat there. Wits gets it for four ninety nine on a spherical Earth. The sky must change one degree per sixty nine miles. The plane time lapse showed that objectivity did not happen. So globe debunked, right? Uh, over to you, Jen, for that one. This is the same example again. I I haven't looked at it yet, so I don't know how to answer. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to really pass that off to you. I should have picked up on that right away there. Um, yeah, uh, we, well, they said they'll look into it, and uh, maybe we'll uh, we'll get everybody back together and have a discussion on that. Since uh, Wits, that you uh, uh, you clearly wanted to be in in the debate tonight because uh, you've got a lot of questions there. Um, into the break, four ninety nine. Akil, what does coming on to a debate for a, to a topic you have no comp? I, you know what? That's an at home. That's an ad hom, and I'm reading it, and I should have read it first. Right, I, go, I did. I, I have but no he's, fear. I can take them if you want. <laughs> he's saying you have no comprehension of this topic. Um, it, like I said, it's not really relevant to the topic. Well, so, um, but here's the here's my quick answer to this, right? So, you know the the old saying, "Do your own research," right? So, if if I were to be competent in so have you has this person not watched these debates? One person, one side has a, their ton of facts. The other side has their ton of facts. So at the very end of the, the debate, nobody's swayed. So I came to the debate to offer something different. I said that at the very top. I'm sure I wasn't listened to by this person, but I said at the very top, I'm trying to bring something different, like an appeal to emotion, right? Or appeal to patriotism. Or something like that. I wanted I wanted to bring some of that into this debate. The next debate I have, I promise you, I'm going to ask what topics there are that are going to be debated, and I will do my research. All right. Well, you heard it here, and the next one coming in for Jen from Valerie St. Mary for four ninety nine. At what point in your daily life cease to rely on your own uh, on your own senses? So at what point do you in your daily life cease to rely on your own senses? At what point does your personal sensory input become fallacious? I saw this question a while ago and I really like it. So thank you for asking it. It's something we could probably all benefit from taking a bit uh, deeper of a look at. So just start with something simple. The appearance to me, the appearance of suffering is epistemically the same thing as suffering because if it appears to me that i'm suffering or if i actually am suffering that's the same they're both not great so that's what i use for my guiding principle when it's relevant how i should feel about something but with the planet i don't really have any feelings about it, it it's shapes not causing me suffering at least not directly so the minimizing of suffering, which would be the principle by which I operate, would just be to get the shape of the planet right. So to answer your question is senses, perception is important if direct experience of suffering is important, but it's not really important when you're talking about something that is outside of your own scale, like the size of the planet. What's important there is 
how you reason your way to the answer, which may or may not have anything to do with perception. I think it's important to take a deeper look at that stuff. So thanks again. Alrighty. Well, that one there for Jen. Let's carry on. And we are getting, I think, finally closer to near the end of the Super Chats, though they keep pouring in. So uh, we'll try to keep them uh, just for the one side there that they're uh, addressed to. So Mike Nahom to both sides. Oh, Mike, did you not just hear what I said? All right. To both sides, please explain why the North Star appears higher in the sky the further north on Earth you travel. My Ready turn? For that troubling tribune, sure. Start at the top here. Awesome. So, yeah, the North Star is above the north, right? So it makes sense that the closer you get there, um, it's going to be up at the zenith. Basically, what you're trying to allude to is the geometry of it means that it uh, probably has to be some sort of curvature, right? But again, we've addressed this with the curved visual space. The stars can all be on a plane above us. And again, because you're closer relatively to the North Star, right, it's going to be higher in elevation. But there's a point, right? It right. can't be higher than perfectly 90 degrees, right? So once you get to there, it can only get lower on the horizon. Well, let's kick it over to Jen uh, uh, to give your thoughts on that one there. We'll just bounce it back and forth here. If that's Is it? Uh, I'm not sure I understand. They're, are they trying to under, they're asking why the North Star is higher when you're at the North Pole? Yeah. Is that so the question? I, yeah, I can read it again if you'd like. Um, let me just get back here into our super chats because I am keeping an eye on you fellows in the, uh, the live chat, making sure you're behaving yourselves. They are. Sort of. All right. So uh, scroll up here. How did I lose this one now? Uh, yeah, they were asking, yeah, the uh, North Star, how it appears to both sides. Yeah. Please explain why the North Star appears higher in the sky the further north on Earth you travel. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you had it, I think, framed correctly there. So just think just think about a sphere. I don't actually have the sphere model here. So we just think about a sphere and the North Star is above it. If you're on the underside of the sphere, you can't see the North Star at all. So it doesn't, it's not above or, or below or anything, it, or the angle isn't, it just doesn't exist when you're in the, on, under it in theory. I don't actually even know, let's just say hypothetically it is. But uh, anyway, when you get to the hemisphere, like the center of the world, it'll be really low. And then as you get higher up, it'll be directly above you. So just think of every position being a deviation from when it's directly above you, which is, the, as Troubling Tribune agreed, the maximum that it can be above you, and every other position is going to be less than that. Less than 100% above you. Alrighty. Well, this one is coming in from, uh, let's see here, Sparky Steve for uh, 10 euros. Uh, oh, no, sorry. That's, that's right to the top. This copy and paste is not working out for me. Let me get rid of this. And yeah, this is what I get for uh, moving my setup out to the living room here. But it's the weekday and my wife has to work tomorrow. So Ryan's got to move his system out to the living room. That's just the way it goes. And I think that's fine. So let's grab one Samuel for $2 Canadian. Hey, a fellow Canadian, a fake picture is worth a million fallacies to the globe side. I think once again, he's commenting on your background 
photo. Everybody, stop, stop picking, stop picking on a kill's background photo there. I, I think it looks, I think it looks uh, aesthetic. You know, the, everybody's got a good look about them tonight. It's not really a photo. I'm actually in space. Oh, you hear that, everybody? That's uh, now that's something to to be <laughs> to debate about. All right. Is a kill actually in, in space? We're going to hit the important one next time. Run Boston Bear, $5. All observations admittedly match a central Earth. So doesn't the idea, it's an illusion, require blind belief? Well, you're putting a lot of belief into your sensory perception. Like, on what basis are you judging that we feel like we're in the center your perception partially made that judgment, but then you can invoke other stuff like inferences to the mass of the planet and think along the lines of like, well, what reason would we have to believe that we had a privileged position in the universe? I we're in the center. But if you back up even further than that, you realize that a center of the universe doesn't even make sense as a concept. Center is something in a finite object and the universe is infinite. All right. Well, we have more super chats rolling in, so let's carry on. Samuel for five dollars Canadian a kill. What is more important to contemplate on your free time, your daily work routine, or the reality of your world? How you are or not manipulated? Um, I believe that that's up to the person. So I think that it's up to. It, I feel it's more important to build a good life for my family and things along those lines and to focus on um, artistic endeavors and, you know, um, as opposed to whether or not I'm being manipulated or lied to, because if I were being manipulated and lied to right now, it is not affecting me in any way. If so, if everyone's going to say no, but it is answer me how it's affecting me if I'm being manipulated. Like, for instance, here, here's here's a thought experiment. If we are um, Boltzmann brains and we're just a brain in a vat in a vat somewhere, um, it doesn't matter because that's our reality that we know. So, sure, I could contemplate on how I'm being lied to and all these conspiracies. I could do that. But I think that what I was trying to allude to in my um, in my presentation was that those conspiracies act like gateway drugs to other conspiracies. That's why you see them all kind of chained together. Not saying everyone does, but you definitely are more prone to believe in conspiracy theories if you think that there's this overarching thing that's lying to you, manipulating you. All right, well, we'll try to continue on from there. I know he's kind of implicating a little bit, but... Uh... Maybe a little indirectly. So we're going to try to carry on because the next question is for your side, and I want to get over to the other side uh, here with some of our super chats. Wits it gets it for four ninety nine. Is it safe to say that the mere magnitude of flat Earth seems so unlikely it prevents you from truly investigating without bias, aka incredulity? So, uh, Jen or no. personally, it just it just doesn't make any difference to me. The shape of the earth is not germane to much because like in my system, you're either looking at the scale of the galaxy, the universe or super small. So the shape of the earth is like 
would only be relevant for a very small range of things. So yes, it doesn't matter uh, what it ends up being. I, I mean, as much as it makes sense to be, I, I could, if someone presented me an argument for flat earth that agreed with my own logic, which is metaphysical parsimony, like I'm flat out telling you simplest explanation. I'm explaining you how to get to it. Give me a simple geometry that you can drive using principles that we can verify here. Yes, our perception will be involved in that, but if you can divide out our perception, e.g. through physical principles, then it's much likelier that you can get something that I would in theory agree with, but so far I don't actually even see a model. So we're a far cry from that, but thanks for the question. All right. Well, yes, indeed. Thanks for the question. Thank you, Jen, uh, for your answer there. Origi Constitution for $2. Troubling Tribune. Some Google says we don't, and you believe them? I'm not sure what they mean. I I don't know if they mean, the, like, you're... You know what? I, 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 can't, I can't seem to think how this might be uh, tied in. It seems a little like... Uh, I don't know. Let's move on. I'm sorry, uh, Richie Constitution, but I don't really understand the question here. Um, some Google says we don't, and you believe them. I, I don't know if at some point you said you Googled something and that confirmed what you might have been saying, but uh, yeah, let's move on because there's not really a question there. Wit Wit for four ninety nine. Question for the Globe Earthers. This was already asked. Sorry. Um, yeah, because I'd moved around a little tiny bit there because Witsit was asking a lot a lot of questions. Sorry, Witsit. Uh, I was trying to disperse some of them in amongst the uh, other Super Chats. Awesome loss and quit, uh, clips. Um, no, that one's good, too. Good. That's good. That means we can scroll down quite a bit. Uh, that's good. Witsit gets it. Oh, how did this happen? How did this happen? What's it? You're back again. Four ninety nine. Globe model claims is all astronomical observations show Earth in the center, but it's all just an illusion. Doesn't this require blind faith and belief? I'm just picking what's it. I, I I appreciate the super chat. <laughs> I feel like we might have already asked. We might have already heard this one. He did ask a lot blind of questions. Blind faith about the so Earth being in the center. I was going to say, in my defense, this has happened to James as well. So don't you don't you be calling me out too much in the live chat here. Uh, this happens to everybody. So let's continue on. Rick Wright for $10. Anything you believe that you see on a cartoon TV screen is crazy without evidence. Other than just looking at the box, didn't your Ken say earlier, your eyes can lie. Give me anything or is it religion? With no, it sounded like song lyrics. <laughs> um, I don't watch cartoons. There was there was no punctuation. I just I don't know how you expect me to. <laughs> All right, so what's it gets it another dollar ninety nine. Uh, Akil, can you define appeal to incredulity? Yes. So a appeal to incredulity is. Um, saying, hey, you know what? I don't believe, or no, I'm sorry, I, I don't understand this, so obviously it must not be real or something along those lines. So, um, hey, you know what? How is it that the, that this is happening? 
obviously, or let, let me even put it in the, in the form of a syllogism. So, um, we, I believe we've been to, I'm just doing this for, for the question. I believe we've been to space. Therefore, flat earth is incorrect. That's an appeal to incredulity. Like, hey, well, I don't believe, why is it that we went to space then? How, how do we have these pictures? How do we have these videos? How do we have all this evidence if we didn't go to space? That's an appeal to incredulity as far as I understand it. All right. I, I'm sorry if I snickered halfway through there because the next question question is from Witsit again. Witsit gets it for $1.99. What are you doing, Witsit, tonight? You, you know, you didn't want to hang out? Jen, you know flat earthers are way cooler. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's that. Witsit, um, I, I like hanging out with you, buddy. So uh, you're a pretty cool fella. But uh, um. Yeah, I don't know I'm if that's space. really a question. Oh, yeah, I was good. <laughs> it's in space. Hot dogs for sale, $5. Akil, how does Earth's magnetic field form when the iron core, as per National Geographic, is 5,200C and the Curie temp of iron is 770C? How does that work? So, like the previous question, um, this only works if I'm able to address the question and research it for you. So, um, by the way, I don't think we've been to this, the Earth's magnetic core, right? So wouldn't those numbers be irrelevant? Um, so, um, yeah, you know what? I say this, all the questions that I don't get, go ahead and, and email them to me. Um, I'll make sure that you have my email and I will address every single one of them, I promise. All right, excellent. Uh, Woodsit gets it again. Don't worry, Jen. 600 people in chat. No Glover can answer the question either. The star's not shifting. 43 degrees objectively refutes the globe. Well, I'm sorry, Woodsit. We've already decided that we're not going to get an answer for that specific uh, question, but I, I do appreciate uh, uh, the 499 there and the, the super chat. And uh, like I said, I can't wait to host you again there, buddy. So uh, definitely... Uh, hit me up there. Uh, Robert Tazi, 999. Ken, you seem to have kind of a blind trust for what government tells you. I suggest you look into CDC's admitted uh, Tuskegee Airmen experiment, or are you familiar with it? Uh, very familiar with it. Um, I've never, ever advocated for um, blind trust in anything, especially not a government. However, there is a government that we do have, right? So, and the government does do things, right? Some of those things are good, yes? So if you can show me how they do more bad than good, then okay, I'll, I'll agree with you. But we've come a long way from Tuskegee. They're still doing things that I don't agree with. However, the roads are built. And we're getting a space. That's important stuff. That's that's stuff that's actually making lives better. All right. Well, let's move on there. Once it gets it again for four ninety nine. I swear, buddy. I swear. You better answer that email next time I pop you one. If you're flying down, he's got a lot to say. You see, if you're flying down around the globe, 
then the stars would move up one degree every 69 miles because you're going down around a ball. Globe debunked. Any thoughts on that, or do we want to move on? I think we could just move on from anything with the degrees, because I'm trying to imagine what that degrees thing is even saying, and I just I don't get it. Yeah, unfortunately, I, was saying, I'm, I'm I look sorry, into it. Any any questions about this specifically? I mean, yeah, they've already said they're going to look into it, and uh, you, you know, maybe we'll get everybody back here to uh, have a discussion later on. Uh, run Boston Bear for $10. The video came across laggy. Find this video from three days ago. It's crystal clear. The plane is not driving around over a curved ball earth at one degree per 69 miles flown. Man, uh, hey, I was going to um, say, that's Ryan, a very... You... Sorry, go ahead. No, I apologize. I was going to do... The... I know we're going to do this at the very end, but um, I will drop my email... Um, wherever it can be shared, that way I can, they can send me stuff like this. All right, excellent. Yeah, um, yeah. even if you want to just put it in a live chat or yeah, if, if you don't want to be that public with it, then uh, I'm sure I can get you in touch with Witset uh, one way or another, whether we get a debate going or, you know, if uh, you personally want to get a hold of each other, that can be arranged. Um, so Witset gets it, once again, $4.99. Uh, oh, sorry, that one was from Run Boston Bear. But I know a lot of the, like I said, the degree questions have been coming in from Witset. So when presented with evidence that physicality and geometrically refutes the globe model claim objectively, we can just ignore it. Welcome to Flat Earth. That's from Witset Gets It. Um, well, thanks, Witset. Um, <laughs> there's, there's not a whole lot of question there. Uh, you, you know, it's more of an accusation. So we'll move on from, from the super chat. Uh, but I, I know you know what you're doing. So uh, uh, you're just cheeky. Robert Tazi, $1.99. I don't think my $10 super chat question to Akil was asked. Actually, Robert, we just asked that question uh, just a few moments ago, which was the uh, the one about the blind trust in the Tuskegee. So, um, you know, uh, scroll back a few minutes ago and you can check that out. But I think you already said that before we got to it. So, David, for $2, welcome to Flat Earth, everybody. Uh, and they put a pancakes emoji and a globe. And he says, it'll be okay. Uh, so thank you, David. I think he's a fan of you guys, Troubling Tribune and Alan. Alan, you're on mute. Uh, I don't know if you're talking to us or if you're talking uh, to somebody else, but that's okay. Uh, just going to let you know. Witsit gets it for 99 If globe claim is celestial navigation requires accounting for one degree per 69 miles because Earth is a sphere, then wouldn't that happen in the plane also? We will re review the video. Sorry? What's that? Oh, no, no, you're good. Continue on. Continue, lads. You're good. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So that was from Wits It Gets It. So he said, yeah, he's... Who's that? He was asking again about the one degree per 69 miles. Wits It Gets It, $1.99. Jen, admit it. You think flat earthers are cool. What do you think, Jen? I think we might have already heard this question, but cool, yeah. Everyone's no, cool, I, I was going to say, he has said it again, and he paid for me to say it. I think he just wants me to, I think I think Witsit's kind of trying to do this to me right now. 
Wood said, are you, are you trying to marionette me? Uh, I'm not sure what you're up to, uh, but I, I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, like I said, I always have a ball when you're on. Awesome loss and clips, $5. Akil says, I'm bringing something new, a fallacious argument. Wow, we've never seen a Glober bring fallacious arguments before. Globe confirmed. I think they're being sarcastic. Uh, I think I read that right. Um, any thoughts on that, Akil, or do you want to move on? No, I'll just say that, uh, yeah, I I did have a fallacious argument in there, too. But my whole point was, hey, here's all the evidence that we have that we've done things. Okay. Um, and we can either move forward and, and be on the moon in 2024, or we can continue to debate whether or not we're being lied to. All right. Any other input there? Shall we move on? We're getting close now to the end for sure. All right. Isa Martel, $1.99. If the aliens say it is a globe, would you disagree? Not sure what you mean. I'll agree. Not because they're aliens, but because they're right. Alrighty, well, we'll move on from there. That's a bit of a, a maybe silly question, though. With uh, the recent things that have been going on, I did mention to James maybe we should do an aliens debate. You know, that might be a little bit of fun, uh, considering there's a bit of talk about it from what I've heard in my circles. Uh, awesome loss and clips. Five dollars. Akil says I'm. Oh, that yeah, we already read that one. Jeremy Bird nine ninety nine and Dirth owes Akil three Bitcoin. I'm not sure what that means, but you paid nine ninety nine to ask it. Nobody seems to know what you mean, so let's move on. Eyes of Martel, no, he gave a uh, he gave oh, a globe proof. Apparently, it's a facetious joke about uh, Dave's offer of three bitcoins for any one agreeable globe proof. Obviously, he said sarcastically because there was no evidence offered from the globe side this time. All right. Um, any thoughts on the other side? All right. Well, we'll move on then. Isa Martel, four ninety nine. How do amateur photographers take photos of ISS? What are we taking pictures of? I guess as they point and click at something in the sky that has a predictable path. You can call the ISS. <laughs> All right. Any thoughts over there, Alan, or do you want to move on? Yeah, absolutely. So I completely wholeheartedly agree with what Tribune said. Next question. All right. One might debates for $2. Globers besides space, nam smooth government lie, not lie about. Nam Somth government not lie about? I'm not sure what that means. I can't decipher this. I think it's name something. Name something government not lie about to the Globers besides space. I mean, I... Yeah, like, uh, there, there's tons. They there, want to know what the government isn't lying about? Speed limits? It's a little yeah. bit like, uh, that's... The, it's a little bit of like a heads I win, tails you lose kind of question. So, uh, you know, you can try to answer it in good faith, but I don't know if it was asked in such. So, I don't think that there's a point because 
what could you possibly say? All right. Well, let's ask the last question. David, $5 MMX plus MGP experiment results together destroy any notion of motion. Do we know what uh, what he means by these experiments? All right. Well, uh, you can hear. I'm not the too sure, but maybe we can take a look at that next uh, next debate and go into the, that topic a little more deeply. All right. Well, I appreciate the honesty there. Uh, you know, better better than the silence because I don't think uh, I don't know if we uh, know what you mean by the MMX and the MGP experiment. Uh, Mickelson, Gale, Pearson, and Mickelson Morley. Unless you're talking, unless MGP stands for the mega giant P I had earlier. Uh, midstream anyways uh we're like three hours in i can't get in trouble for this anyways what is a lunar eclipse shadow if not the earth sheeple phoenix for two dollars what is a lunar eclipse shadow if not the earth thoughts yeah, lunar, last lunar eclipse shadow if not the earth there's actually a predictable um there's a pattern that you can use i'm trying to remember the name of it but was actually presented in the True Earth Summit. Uh, shameless plug, definitely check that out. You can uh, assume ascending and descending nodes for the sun and moon uh, elliptical paths over the Earth. And basically that means that there's going to be changing in elevations. Um, one thing that I do know is that uh, we don't know for certain exactly what causes the shadow. We can speculate that it's a dark body. We can speculate that it's a change in the elevation and relative position. Uh, from the earth and the sun but one thing we do know is that it's not the shadow of the earth and we know this because there are eclipses where you can see the sun and the moon in the same plane above the earth and you can see this from an airplane even right so obviously if it was the shadow of the earth uh, causing the eclipse then you would not be able to see the sun and the moon in the same plane above the earth at the same time doesn't work uh, geometrically. Alrighty. Well, we are at the end of the super chats. Um, so what we should do, of course, is we're going to give closing statements up to a minute per each person. Um, if they, so, you know, so choose, I like to bounce these back and forth just cause uh, they can be a little bit pro uh, thought provoking. Uh, so troubling tribune, you just finished off. So, uh, Akil, uh, do you want to kick us off for our closing statements and do us the honor? I would be honored. Thank you. So, um, as I mentioned to you previously to, to the audience and I want to thank, um, troubling and, and Alan for, um, agreeing to this debate and actually engaging with me on topics and things like that. I appreciate that. And Jen, I really appreciate you, as I said, taking the, the reins on the, on the meat of it. Um, I just like to say that you have to, I believe it's more, um, more healthy of a, of a, a viewpoint uh, and more productive to believe in established things. And if you can poke holes in established things, you can spend all day doing that, or you can go from what is established 
to build something stronger. And that's what I was trying to get at. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. And uh, we'll kick it over to Alan up to one minute for your closing statements. Yeah, I'd like to thank the people that showed up tonight. And I apologize to Kill for interrupting you earlier. Got a little feisty, but, uh, you know, is what it is. Uh, no, no hard feelings. Uh, thank you for letting me come on and present. It was an honor and a privilege. And with that said, I'm going to head out for the night, boys. You, you all have a good night. If you're interested in finding out more about uh, how I came to the conclusions that I came to, I have a channel. It's at underscore or at space underscore audits. You can you can check it out there. If not, eh, you know, whatever. All right. See you guys. Have a nice night. Take care. God right. bless. Well, thank you. Hug for your mom. All right. Bye. Always hug my mom. Uh, yes. Thank you for being here, Alan. Uh, if you watch the uh, the end tale of this debate, we appreciate you being here, and uh, we will have your uh, your uh, link put in our description in our post stream because I didn't see it there yet. So uh, I'll make sure to get that done for you. Uh, so yeah, that was our closing statements from Alan there, and uh, we'll kick it over to Jen for up to one minute. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for hosting the debate. It was really good. I enjoy myself a lot. It was nice to hear the arguments on both sides. I heard some stuff I'd never been exposed to before. So it's always exciting to uh, have the conversation go in a new direction. And I appreciate the chance to share some of my views. Please subscribe to my channel. Links in the description, I believe. And uh, just before I say goodbye, I like to make a recommendation for some sort of a debate on AI and GPT tech, if possible, some point in the future. That's just my two cents. And thanks again to the audience and the other debaters and Ryan and James. Bye. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for being here. Uh, we super appreciate you. A big round of applause for everybody uh, here so far. Troubling Tribune up to one minute for your closing statements. And thank you so much. Oh, man, you put me on the spot. What am I going to say? Close us out, buddy. <laughs> you got it. Uh, no, I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for engaging in this debate, uh, putting up a platform. It's been absolutely awesome. Um, I was a little uh, disappointed in the l amount of arguments actually presented that were scientific, um, but uh, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. It is what it is. I'll love it for what it is. Don't hate it for what it's not. Um, I'll share the same sentiment as Alan from Space Audits did. If you guys would like to learn more, um, about the true earth debate, the nuances, the different arguments, um, what not just myself, but other true earthers in the space uh, believe and present, as well as Globers as well, then definitely go over to the channel, Troubling Tribune, check it out. We do a stream like every other day almost, but definitely Mondays and Fridays. Tonight, we are actually doing an after show after this. So I'm staying up, uh, ringing in the late hours and doing a members only chat. So anybody can watch it. But you got to do uh, be a member to chat it up. We're going to post a link so that you guys can hop on in and, uh, yeah, talk about the debate, talk about the uh, things presented, see what you guys think. And uh, other than that, much love, guys. No hate, obviously. And uh, I ask that everybody continue to be open-minded and to do your own research. Don't just accept what is spoon-fed to you, even if you feel like it's established science. After all, back in the day, you know, if you believe in the mainstream narrative, um, if we just believed in what the church people were telling us, then we would still be believing in spontaneous generation, you know, and things like that. So, yeah, it is OK to challenge uh, even the things that we assume to be 100 percent factual. The Ten truth seconds. fears no scrutiny. That's my time. Thank you.
Oh no, that's fine. I, I I was just I was gonna give you a little extra just because uh, you, you know you were you were going on a on a good stretch there. But uh, I super appreciate you you know getting a hold of me there, uh, troubling Tribune, and coming out here uh, and and having this debate with uh, Jen and Nikhil and Alan as well, who's not here. Everybody, a big round of applause for uh, these folks. And uh, if you haven't checked it out already, Anathema has posted our Discord. Uh, in the live chat there. I think he's posted it a few times, so uh, definitely go check that out. You can get a hold of me there sometimes. I mean, I can be kind of lazy. You know, the kids the kids keep me pretty busy sometimes, so, uh, you know, with the sailing lessons and karate lessons and all that stuff. But uh, to close out the show, I've got a pretty sick shred that I'm going to show you all uh, that I did uh, probably about a year ago. Uh, everybody enjoys the music, so I'm going to close you guys out, and uh, thanks for being here, everybody, and enjoy my little... Good night.